back corner <laughs> when I'm not presenting. Listening in. And listen in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Bash University Live here on Tuesday night. Take a quick break. Watch John Cruz's on the Tokyo rig. Be a part of the show. Get some chances to win some awesome prizes. Bash you go. You know, we didn't have that back then. And, 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 dude, it, it could just... That text thread gives me so much energy. I mean, like I'm dialing. Welcome to Bass University Live. We are live from the Bassmaster Open Northern Division on Lake Oneida. And I'm glad to have you guys with us. Can't wait uh, for tonight's show. It's, it's going to be great to see everybody again. I've been fishing. Uh, we're going to be recapping uh, Lake Champlain, the Toyota Series, and the BFL, which just went down. And uh, a lot of great stuff there. So if you guys want to talk about uh, northern fisheries, largemouth, smallmouth type of fisheries. Uh, it's going to be a great show. Get your questions together and, and let's, let's chat about it. It's been, it was a wonderful, uh, wonderful couple weeks. And now we are at the open. I have the Bash University House here on the shores of Lake Oneida. We're at the Bayside Manor House. We have Brian Schmidt with us and Ike and a bunch of other guys. So we're, uh, uh, we're all here competing in the Bassmaster Open, so make it a surprise visit from one of the guys here as we go through the show. And ICAST just went down. I, I, I was unable to attend ICAST for the first time in a decade, and, uh, but JK was there, and Jocelyn and Ken Duke uh, is going to be coming on tonight. We're going to be talking about the big winners at ICAST and everything that went down there, all the cool new baits. So uh, look for that coming. Uh, tonight, you know, it's good. It's going to be a great show. So get your questions coming. Enjoy the show with us. Uh, BTC, Riz, it's great that you guys got us up and running. It's good to see you guys. I'm looking forward to telling stories. Yeah, that's right. Another <laughs> Bash You Live coming to you fresh on the airways here from uh, the great Garden State. We're not on the lakes. Of, we're not on the shores of Lake Oneida. We're on the shores of Lake X. <laughs> Yeah, we're in the muddy banks of mosquito-ridden uh, swamp of South Jersey. <laughs> mosquito Lagoon. Hey, hey I'm, I'm going to shoot you straight. I'd rather be on the banks of that lake fishing the tournament than what we're dealing with up here this week, <laughs> man. It, it, she's a bear. Oneida is just being tough, tough, tough. So um, you guys aren't in a bad spot. I promise you. Yeah. But, JK, I hear you in the background. It's good to have you back on the show. We missed you. You're fresh home from iCast. How you doing? Man, I'm doing great, man. That's I what a house you're staying in tonight. You know, this this week. You guys you guys have room to walk for all the trophies you guys are carrying around? Man, there there's there's a champion culture uh in this house, man. You just you just want to be part of it. You know what I mean? Just get get a little piece of it, you know? It'll help anybody. <laughs> I hear you, man. I'm gonna bet on that house, and everybody else if wants if they wanna if they wanna take my bet, they can take the rest of the field. I'm, I'm gonna bet on that house this week. That'd be a fun bet. This house versus that house on the United. <laughs> on the, that would be cool. The open. 
Yeah. Who, who would win? Yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to bet against Mike here at Oneida and I love him. You know, we all love him, but God almighty, it's hard to listen to how good his practice is going. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I can attest best practice I've ever witnessed with my own eyes was Iconelli on Oneida. The oh. guy straight up dialed. Really? <laughs> Man. Oh God. He, yeah. I could write he, a book about that whole practice alone. I really could. He he gets this lake. I mean, he just it's like a hot knife through butter. Just he gets it. And the lake gets him. And after you know, you know, you, you go out there and you struggle and you're sweating and you're trying to scrape and scratch for a single bite. And he's talking about traveling how he's gonna manage all his schools of three pounders, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just, you just tell him I hope he was weighing his fish in practice. That way he knows which <laughs> ones to go to first. Oh, man. Well, I, I remember being a problem last time. He's like, man, I don't know where to go to first. They're all big. <laughs> Do you think his scale is a pound off, too? <laughs> think he has his scale no... calibrated a pound off? <laughs> yeah. uh, dude, and dude, I, I practiced Ike, I, with Ike like two days on a night at that open. And Dude, let's be honest. Oneida is a different animal now. Like back then, it was having some really, it was on a high, high end for a cycle. Like it was pumping out weights, you know. Uh, but I think I, I saw a legit 22 pound bag of largemouth one day with him that he caught, and then a legit 22 pound bag of smallmouth. And like he's not like, he wasn't like wearing down a school. He'd like catch one, it'd have a bunch of buddies, and he'd go find another one and do it all over again. And catch a big old four and a half pound, you know, brown beast. But uh, just a crazy practice. That was that was years ago, though. Yeah, it's very upsetting to hear those stories, JK. <laughs> 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 he's he's something else. And then you got Brian Schmidt here too, who who is on, on the other side of things. Like he's subdued. So when he says, yeah, I got a few bites, that means he got a few dozen bites, you know? Yeah, I got a few you got, bites. <laughs> you you got to extrapolate all that information from, from the two of them. But, uh, but I wouldn't have it any other So way. like a formula, you got to like divide by pi and then, you know, break it down on like a percentage it, it, exactly. equation system, depending on the moon phase, you know what I mean? Yep. Which one's it, got the horseshoe? It, it, I don't, I can't quite give away the formula, but. You know, for, for Mike, you have to divide his weight, and for Schmidt, you have to multiply his weight to get to the real number. It's <laughs> <laughs> very accurate. Have you figured out how to, uh, how to, how to lock uh, into Lake Ontario yet? Yeah, we did figure it out, but they won't let us. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, I actually, I, I was, there's, there's the workaround that, you know, you can get into Ontario then you can go over to the, the St. Lawrence and then lock down into Lake Champlain, which was where I was headed if they let us. <laughs> but, but no you really lock into no Champlain. In the Pete, Say it again, Brian. You could lock into Champlain? Uh, eventually. It might take you a week to get over there. But... Where's that at? I don't have a well, globe on Well, we're in Syracuse. Me. I mean, Ticonderoga somewhere. Down, down there. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Have to well, be. no. Actually, the way I'm thinking, you'd go, you'd go north into Ontario through the St. Lawrence River and uh, then down into Champlain. Wow. Yeah, that might take a while. Yeah. 
it's a little bit of a run. The Basscat's up for it, though. Yeah. You know. You got to outrun them Canadian Mounties. Well, before, <laughs> we, before we dive into that Champlain talk, Pete, like I talked to you today, you were having to get, you're at the service trailer, so you had some time to talk to me on the phone, and it seemed like there were uh, some, you're fighting the negative demons. You just came from an, an crazy run and two big giant tournaments on the best lake in the country, and now they're making you fish this place, which we know your affinity for this place over the years. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering, I was wondering how you were going to handle that. You know, in, in other words, we know how bad you've sucked here at Oneida in the last well, few years. I think you've but, had some bad luck. Let's be honest yeah. with some boat well, trouble. Well, it, it kind of felt that way again. You know, I was, mm -hmm. you know, I I called you to talk, you know, business, and and I appreciate your, you know, trying to get me turned around, and and uh, you know, I was in kind of a bad place because I had been on Champlain, and anybody that's been on big water and Great Lakes water, you, you're you're going to beat your body and your equipment, and you've got to you got to spend time maintaining it and getting things right for your next derby. Well, I'm going from derby to derby to derby without any any chance to do any of that stuff. So, um, so I. Yeah, I was at the service cruise for for five hours today. They, they were pretty busy, pretty crowded. Uh, every, and I appreciate them being here. I mean, my gosh, Basscat was here and Minkota, Humminbird, and um, you know Mercury, Yamaha, Powerpole. All the all the companies were here. Phoenix, Skeeter, and and they pitch in. They they help each other out and they help the anglers out. And uh, and it's fantastic. And I appreciate their support uh, of the tournament. And, um, so yeah, I, I spent, uh, so it was great. I, I spent my first day here and I got two bites coming from Champlain where, you know, you're, you're dialed and you're getting, you know, you're getting bit throughout the day. I, I suffered with just a couple of bites and, and then, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to the service cruise, hoping I can get out of there quick, but it's busy. So it takes all day to get out of the service crew and it, it's great. I'm here with my buddy Brooks um brooks parker and we uh we get out of there and we just about to launch the boat and who do we run into but harvey horn who is just getting off the water and and i'm like man it's pretty early for a second day of practice and he, goes, he comes over to me he goes pete you must have looked at the radar too and uh i didn't know what he was talking about it's sunshine's beautiful out and I pulled up the radar, and there is line after line of red bars about to pass right over us. Uh, so now, after the, oh, getting all the work done, here I go, ready to fish. I'm super excited, turned around, ready to get after it. And lightning bolts are dropping, and we have to hold off. And we, we waited for one line to go through, and then me and Brooks got out for about 30 minutes. And then uh, another lightning bolt started dropping again on the next line. And then, and then finally, finally that went through and I, we got to, you know, spend a couple hours, um, you know, out fishing, you know, toward the end of the day. So, oh, but the good news is those, those two hours were good. They were, you know, I was able to put together a, a few bites and, and a little yep. bit of a pattern that I'm excited to look more into tomorrow on the last day of practice. So, you know, I I appreciate your your words, J.K. I know I was a little bit grumpy when I called you earlier. <laughs> That's all right. That's what I'm here for. I'm the yeah. the positive energy coach, I guess. You know. Yep. And I want to give a shout out. 
I want to give a shout out to Bob Soley, who I talked to today as well. And Bob is uh, was on the the show, I guess, last week or the week before. And uh, you know, I, I love talking to him about strategy and and, and tournament strategy, and and uh, uh, always appreciate talking to him. Give him a shout out. Thanks, Bob. But here we go. We're about to get ready to go to Oneida, guys. Hey, if you're watching and you're not subscribed, subscribers are all over the place. And, and, and um, you know, we see I see so many of them here at the Opens and at the BFL and everywhere else. And uh, it's the frog days of summer. Come on, try it out. It's going to make you a better angler. I promise you. Uh, it's going to cut your learning curve. That's what we do. That's all we do. So uh, so get yourself subscribed. All you subscribers, you know, all the great benefits that are here at Bash U. And of course, if you're a subscriber, we use your question on the air. We're going to hook you up with some cool stuff. Um, we've got so much stuff going on. Uh, once again, shout out to Humminbird Minkota, a great partner with Bash University. We love their products. I, I have, I, I, I'm going to, can't wait to talk about how I use their products uh, this week uh, to find what I found today. So it's really interesting stuff. Uh, using side imaging and 2D sonar. It's amazing uh, the things that you can learn, especially when you're fishing around rock and grass and it, it's tricky, but Humminbird is able to really give you some great images. And Empire Covers, you got anything that needs a cover, we have a great 15% um, off discount at Empire Covers. Uh, so if you have a RV, you've got a jet ski, you got a bass boat, get it covered, protect your gear. Um, and you use our code. Riz, what, what is the code? It's uh, BASHU21. That's right, Pete. Uh, use code BASHU21, and you're going to get 15% off your order at uh, Empire Covers, as well as free shipping. That's BASHU21, Empire Covers, 15% off and free shipping. I like 50. Outstanding. We've got, uh, Riz, take us through it. We've got Facebook, like and share, and what else we got going on tonight? Yeah, that's right, Pete. In addition to the Frog Days of Summer promotion we have going on, uh, which, by the way, is uh, is still active on www.bashu.tv. Uh, if you sign up for Bashu TV right now annually, we're hooking you up with the Bash University official camo hat and two River to Sea Frogs uh, just for signing up for the program. Unlimited access to over 900 bass fishing instructional videos and during tonight's show we have uh two giveaways going on uh for product that's um uh, a grand prize for one of our bashu tv subscribers it's the uh it's the it's the ready for summer package it includes top water baits deep diving crankbaits finesse baits and th marine g juice to keep your fish alive once you get them in the live well and then for our facebook like and share uh, guys, we're also going to be giving away some soft plastics from Z-Man and some TH Marine products. So, guys, if you're watching over on Facebook, like and share tonight's feed and get entered in for a chance to win. Um, and during the show, for any questions that we use, uh, the the uh, two of the questions we use during the show, we're going to be giving out a $25 Gills Gear gift card. So, guys, it pays to be a Bash TV subscriber. If you're not signed up, Head over and get signed up now, man. It's uh, it's really going to take your fishing to the next level. Yo, hold on. Before you uh, move on from that, we've got that Damiki BTC. Yeah, that's going out the door tonight. No, it's not. <laughs> going out my pocket. It, it's got it's my a name BTC? on it. BTC? Yeah. What's a Damiki BTC? What is that? That he would be a Damiki square bill. What? You see that? That's thing? awesome. Why are you giving that thing away, by the way? Huh? Like, I... <laughs> 
I'm telling you, if I got even close to one of those things, it'd be in my tackle box. I'm telling you. Go. <laughs> Do we have another one? That somebody? We have others. Yeah, we have a voucher. Uh, an IOU. It's a little napkin that says, this university owes you this bait. Dude, look at that thing. It's good stuff. Yeah. That is it's awesome. A good it pays to be a Bashu TV subscriber, guys. That's a good Ooh, color. <laughs> guys, we're going to have some more show and tell tonight. We're going to be talking Lake Champlain, uh, and we're going to be talking ICAST. So we're going to take a quick break. Go get subscribed. Get yourself some frogs. It's the frog days of summer at Bass University. And uh, improve your fishing for the rest of the season. And so hang in there with us. Get your questions together. And uh, we'll catch up with you guys in just a few minutes. AquaView, the leader in underwater viewing technology. Find what you are looking for. Catch more fish. Have more fun. AquaView. Seeing is believing. Why do you love catching fish and rod? I'm truly losing less fish. Is the sensitivity of the rod. That are made right here in North Carolina in the USA. Strongest, lightest rod, 100% made here in Sanford, North Carolina. From the drop shot rod to the flipping stick. Every rod has a purpose to it, and I rely on them all the time when I'm out there in a tournament. Durability in the John Cruz Worming series, the counterbalancing in the handle. It's the only rod I found that can withstand my hook set. Boom goes the dynamite. Some would say obsessed. There's no place on earth we'd rather be than right here, right now. Performance-driven gear, so you can fish longer, harder. Gills Performance Fishing. 2021 Red Crest Champion Dustin Connell here. And if you watch live coverage, we just got done at Lake Eufaula. I caught my fish using the active target with Lowrance. What you didn't see is I run a sea clear power harness in my boat. One of the main advantages to running this harness is it does not drain my batteries down at all running my four units. And what that's gonna allow me to do is I'm able to see my bait at 8 a.m. just as good late in the day. Y'all check them out at seaclearpower.com. You take pride in your boat, so it deserves the best protection possible. Our durable woven fabric prevents ripping and provides UV protection, and our tape seams provide protection against the elements. The heavy-duty shock cord hem and strap and buckle system provide a tight and secure fit. Our top-of-the-line boat covers come with a ventilation system to keep your boat free from mold buildup. Empire Covers, protecting what you love. And we're back live. Welcome. Welcome back, everybody. Appreciate you hanging out with us tonight. We are, uh, you're just joining us. We're going to be talking about Lake Champlain. Uh, we're going to be talking about Lake Oneida. And we're going to be talking about ICAST. We've got the great Ken Duke coming on with us and uh, shedding light on everything from ICAST to uh, tournament stats and everything uh, that you need to know. 
But uh, I mentioned uh, Brooks Parker, and I want to invite him over here for one second to poke his head in because he just got word what? that he He's got be a scholarship from Montevella University in Alabama. He's going to be going on a fishing scholarship, um, participating in the college program there. Yep. Awesome. Cool. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm really excited to go. Good deal. It's, it's great school, like you said, JK. And uh yeah, Brooks, has been, Brooks has been with me uh practicing this week. And I also want to thank him for putting up with Cranky Pete. Um <laughs> he's been gets a little cranky when he's not getting bit on Lake Oneida and and we all do. Yeah, we all do. Well and, Pete. and I gotta I, I got to give you props because he's a drop shot phenom. Uh, I mean to tell you, he can get bit in dirty water, clear, deep, weeds don't matter. If we get around the fish, Brooks will get bit with his drop shots. Pretty impressive. <laughs> Thank you. It's good stuff. I, um, I, I wish you all the best of luck at school, man. Thank you. Yeah. Congrats. Thanks for coming. Thanks for hanging. And he's hanging out with us tonight. He's, ha he's hanging out in the Bash U house this week. With all right, Brooks, all Brooks, before you go, give us, give us, give us one drop shot tip, man. Give us something. I, I, I need something. Um, for me, it's moving the bait without moving the weight. So just sitting there and shaking it. Okay. And then moving it a foot and then shaking it again. I, I am, I am a convert. I'm, I'm sitting there. I interviewed him about that exact thing, BTC. And I'm like, Brooks, take me through what you're doing because he's just getting bit. And, um, and that's what he, that's what he, and I watched him and he said that he, he tries to keep that weight stationary and he shakes, mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe five times or yeah. whatever, bunch of times, and then he'll move it and then do it again and move it and do it again. And he just repeats that process over and over, over again. So that's that's what I was trying to do uh, out here at Lego Night. Um, I'm I'm watching Brooks, and I'm like, man, I'm going to figure this out. I, I gotta I gotta get these bites too. But um, how much oh, do you change the leader length, Brooks? What's that? How much do you mess with your leader length on your drop shot? Um, you mean the leader for the below the or for the weight? Yep, below yep, the yeah. Um, normally it's, it's like a, about a foot, you know, it's just what I've always done. I don't know. Okay. If it's you pretty much stick with that. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. All right. Well, here, here's the deal. Brooks came with me to the BFL and, uh, it was his first BFL as a co-angler. And, um, you know, by the way, Brooks is 17 years old. He's, he's entering his senior year. Uh, he finished in the top. 25% of the field, probably top 20% of the field. Uh, would you finish 27th place? 28th, 28th place in the BFL for his first co-angler. Outstanding, uh, dude. You know, so that's that's awesome. out, outstanding work. What was that question, PGC? I just said outstanding. Outstanding. Yeah, it was out, outstanding. So um, we're, looking for, we're looking for big things from Brooks. Um, he's been fishing with me for a while, so... Uh, Good work, my friend. Thank you. Good talking to you. <laughs> Super um, But we've, uh, you know, we've been fishing together for quite a few years, and it's it's really good to have somebody that with a with a drop shot uh, PhD because I am not, you know, if I had to 
say my weakness, that's it. You know, the, the, the drop shot persists as, as a technique that I continue, I, I constantly need to improve. Try new, try new baits. That'd be another one. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> being early to stuff. I think this needs to be addressed right now on this show. <laughs> you have been saying that about the drop shot probably since I've known you. Mm -hmm. It's time, my friend. I mean, the drop shot, I didn't want to do it either, but it's changed my life. So it's time, my friend. You are going to make peace with the drop shot this year. You're going to have to just take a whole month and not fish anything else. No, we're, we're going to have to negotiate the terms of that treaty. Uh, it, it's, Going uh, to negotiations. <laughs> that, I think you can throw you drop know, shot Riz. Riz is at home with a drop shot, too. Let me, hate, let me take this moment to hate on the drop shot. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Get it. Get it. <laughs> the drop shot is annoying to work with. It has... It has a hook, obviously, that's above the weight. And the weight is every, anytime you put that rod down, that weight wraps everything. And so you go to pick up your other rods and it's immediately tangled. Um, or you get impaled by the hook on the drop shot because it's exposed and it's not, you know, when you're grabbing <laughs> rods. So I'm either getting hooked or I'm getting tangled. That's number one. Every time you catch a fish, if he's four inches or four pounds, Boom, he's flinging that drop shot weight, and you got to redo it. You got to re-rig the whole system. It's completely inefficient. It's it's just frustrating uh, for me to work with, man. I cannot take it. Uh, I've done good with it. I've done good. I, I have uh, my best finish in second place at a Bassmaster Open with a drop shot. You know, wow. so that's pretty I, good. Dude. I took second place on Lake Erie drop shotting. So. I haven't won with it, but I've done pretty darn good. I've made some top tens, but I, I continue to uh, try to find workarounds on drop shot lakes, if, if at all possible. So, props uh, well, to the drop you, shot. You forgot it's about a killer, throwing it it's at a winner. At, yeah, I just had to hate on it a little bit. Yeah, well, the other thing is like you know throwing it when you have to fish it like near rocks and you're breaking it off constantly and it takes mm -hmm. forever to retie. You, you, you missed yep. a few. There's there's more trying to cast it accurately at. at that stuff docks trees and it's you know it's, yeah it's pretty hard well my, my biggest fault with it is i reach for it when i need to reach for it that's too late that's, by then it's too late by then yeah and you know i've got to go for it earlier out of the gate and i think that's that's my big move is is moving forward i've got to go for it uh, the first minute you step on Lake Oneida, <laughs> your first cast should probably be with a drop shot. Yeah, you know. But but anyway, there's Justin, a little there's a little yeah, drop shot hate. Justin, how much do you ever put more than one hook on a drop shot? No, mm -mm. I never. I I thought about like I've I've done this twice where I have a drop shot above like a jig bitsy bug or, or the shaky head or something like that yeah something like that and that's more of a beefed up deal and i just i wasn't efficient with it i just i just laid it up when i was trying to do that i don't it think it seems like it might confuse the fish like 
Nah. nah do I want to eat this crawfish or do I want to eat this? The only thing it does is it gets you ridiculed from other fishermen. That is legitimately the only yeah. negative. Otherwise, you got two baits and two hooks. Or, it's you know, you got to retie up. extra. But you, if, if you're going through an area, it helps you identify if they're on the bottom, if they're 12, 14, 16, 18 inches off the bottom. That's not a bad bad thought there. Like but if I when was people see it, you get ridiculed. So that's the negative. Like I could see it being really good for like drifting, you know, like using a tube below a drop shot, you know, and, and that helping you key in possibly like in a windy situation where you're just drifting. But yep. I don't know. It's illegal in this tournament. Yeah, it's illegal at Bassmaster. Well, they the won't let thing. two hooks. BFLs they will. They'll let you do that. I've, I heard um, guys talking about it recently that they like to put a lower hook with uh, with a bait on it. Not necessarily even a hook bait, but a, a bait down there to attract the gobies and draw draw the gobies in to the rig and then the smallmouth uh, react to the to the higher placed bait. Wow. So, interesting strategy, hmm. you know? Indeed. Yeah, there used to be a Carolina rig weight with a built-in hook. I remember that used to be on Tackle Warehouse. And I, I almost bought some sometime, you know, uh, just thinking, man, you get two. You know how sometimes they get the weight, yeah. you know, and it, it let you, you know, thread another soft plastic onto that hook. But it was built into the weight, so you'd have a Carolina rig with two, two baits. But yep. I never did quite take the plunge, and it didn't sell very well, so – Cause it's not on tackle warehouse anymore. So. Wow. It's interesting. It's, it's, it's funny the, about the weight. And when I was on Champlain, uh, my partner one day brought a small mouth all the way to the boat on the weight. Drop like, shot wow. or Carolina rig? Drop shot. Yeah. Wow. He brought all the way to the boat and then the fish, you know, got off, took the weight. Uh, and it was, it was crazy. It was crazy to see it, but they get so angry that they would not, they, they just clamp down and uh, they're not going to let go until the last second, you know? That's a dumb fish. <laughs> you get angry. Be quick with the net. <laughs> angry. I need some angry smallmouth this week on Lake Oneida. Yeah, they're you need some dumb ones. Here. <laughs> you need some of them dummies from Champlain yeah. that are eating weights and holding them. <laughs> <laughs> right? Seriously, you that's what from- we all really want is just dumb bass, big dumb bass. You come from a place where they're eating weights and they're going out of their way to chomp on stuff yeah. to a place that they're just at peace here. They don't, <laughs> they have, they have gobies and perch and they don't need us. Right. So, you know, it's a uh, bear hook. Somebody caught one at the St. Lawrence on a bear hook. Was that one of the Johnston brothers where they're like, I didn't have a bait on it. Like there's my bait was gone <laughs> and he caught him on the bear hook on a drop shot. Oh my gosh. Uh, I don't, see, that, that's I where we need to be. <laughs> yeah, you I, need to I've be. caught him on a bear hook before. Yeah, me neither. Mm. Well, well, Lake Champlain was a treat. I promise you, um, guys that, that were uh, following on Facebook and saw some of the posts and stuff or watched, it was awesome. Uh, up there with the fishing the Toyota series, Ike was there. Uh, a lot of the the top level MLF guys were in the event up there this past week and man oh man that they were chomping they were chomping during the elite tournament which Brian Schmidt won who's he's with us and um 
you know, they were chomping again uh, for the Toyota. And then the next week, they were chomping again for the VFL uh, that was won with a with, uh, 20-pound 20 pound bag. So it's just an incredible lake that was, uh, that was really on fire. And uh, it was tickled to be able to participate in both uh, the Toyota Series and, and the BFL. But, man, what a, what a great derby, you know. It, um, I don't know which, which one to talk about, but uh, the, the Toyota Series. Uh, 18 and a half, 17 and a half, and 19 and a half pounds, basically, every time you went out there. Talk yeah. about Well, it, the first, my first day I had a 19-pound bag, which was awesome. It was great. Um, uh, yeah, it was the first day of the Toyota series, and it, it put me up there in contention, and and that was awesome. Um, just called them flipping and chatterbait, guys. This is these are these are my chatterbaits. I was uh, throwing a black and blue, and I was throwing a green pumpkin, uh, which is a bluegill. I put chartreuse on the tail. Uh, what? So that it looks, belly? Looks like it. That is a money minute. Is wow, that is a little money minute. Yeah, uh, but I, it's been a minute. Yeah, but I like the short, compact bluegill, uh, you know, imitation there, and um, and that was that was really getting it. And when they and I really don't have any rhyme or reason, but I was going back and forth between the black, which they they like a lot up there, and and that color, uh, fishing in the milfoil grass fishing um any wood that i could find and and fishing docks so all you was, had to do was go up there and throw a chatterbait huh chat riz you'd be right at home um the sport the chatterbait, it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a it, it can be a chatterbait place and you know what you know what else is uh brutal is um the smallmouth love to eat a chatterbait too <laughs> sometimes sometimes they'll come up out of 20 feet of water and just clobber a chatterbait uh, up in the water column. I caught one on the Chessie on uh, Saturday on a chatterbait, smallmouth. Is that Ooh. right? Yeah. On Chessie? Chess, yeah, Chessie. Yeah. Wow. Nope. Is it a good one? Nah. Two-pounder. Mm -hmm. A lot of people lot don't more. get that, that, that smallies <laughs> will eat a chatterbait. A lot, I mean, that... I got it, you know, it happened to me on the Hudson River for the first time, uh, where they'll smash that thing. And from there, I've, I've used it all over the place. Um, but there's a time and a place for it. You know what I mean? It's not like an everyday thing, but they're, you know, uh, even here at Oneida, I know John Cruz um, had a top 10 here, one of the elites, just mm -hmm. running around throwing, you know, the chatterbait at, you know, key shallow spots yep. and uh top 10 on smallmouth here a few, a few years I, ago our guy from uh the other side of the world dean sylvester took second place in the open yeah. on a chatterbait on oneida mm -hmm. that's right yeah the one that right. the one that gray won on on a ned rig yeah yeah well it uh was that like an ellie that is yeah we got somebody at the door sounded like somebody had a good practice <laughs> Sound like Ike. Uh, I hope somebody had a good practice, but <laughs> but it, but it, but here's here's something that's really crazy to happen. Anybody that's ever been in the boater side of things, um, 
on day two of the tournament, I was, I was really excited. Couldn't wait to get, get out there. And I, I knew, you know, the, a pattern and, and uh, I was catching big ones. I, I left a lot uh, for the second day and I showed, I, I sit down on a patch of milfoil and everything's biting. Pike are biting, four pound bass, five pound bass. Everything's biting my partner's chatterbait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's it there that that's 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 close to it that's close to it right say, there chatterbait pete yeah what's that jk I, I was about to ask if you stole his chatterbait oh man well he, he was very you know he knew i was sitting in such good spot in the tournament and he 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 felt bad for catching three <laughs> fish that weighed 14 pounds you know but uh but it, but honestly, it was exceptional because uh, I was throwing, you know, these two baits in these color patterns, which I had been successful with uh, throughout the week. And that day, he must have caught ten or fifteen pike and those three giant bass in about twenty-five minutes. Like everything that swims was was reacting to that, and it was uh, it was great. It was beautiful, honestly. It was just, it was beautiful to, to see. Um, but I just couldn't believe I was part of a flurry like that. And I could not benefit even a little bit. Like I could not get one of them uh, to go. What trailer, so I, I had, say again? What trailer was he throwing on it? Uh, a Menace. Okay, yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, yeah Green trailer. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, he, I mean, he hooked, we, we had my whole chatterbait box out. My, I have a bag. I mean, I'm in the middle of the tournament. I'm supposed to be fishing, and I'm building chatterbaits. Panicking. In the middle. Panicking. Full like, blown panic. There's no point in me making a cast. So was it that no color fish. that you were just holding up, Pete? The 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 one you was that the one he was throwing? He, now, this is similar to it. It was green pumpkin with this white, and and it had a green pumpkin blade. Oh, okay. It, it, okay. Yeah. It was a custom ten custom. four custom uh tied skirt or no it was a custom it was a custom tied skirt um huh, you know, brought... say it again the one the green pumpkin shad i'm about to pull it up anyways no it was similar to the green pumpkin shad it was similar okay. to and it four. i think it might be b height special or something uh there's there's some kind of weird color out there like that but but it was he made his own new york skirt, chris if you're watching i need more <laughs> it uh it um it had orange a strand of orange and like three blues and i don't know what was in that skirt but Ooh, i didn't have one but what the jackhammer body that he tied that skirt onto yep, yep. Mm. oh oh here here's what else here's what else which was fascinating is is i was rolling out with uh half ounce and his model was a three-eighths ounce. And he he was also throwing it on very light line for chatterbait. He like, was uh, he was throwing three-eighths? Three-eighths, 12-pound monofilament. Mm. Huh, okay. Interesting. Mm -hmm. It is. Now, I, I had a How had deep a were you fishing, Pete? Did what? How deep were you? Four or five feet. Okay. Over grass? You grass to the surface. Mm. You know? Like, 
Yeah. The trees yeah. kept it up higher in the water column. He didn't have to bully it through the grass near I as much. That. Yep. And, yep. and here's here's the thing that um, that was interesting, and this this comes from Brian Schmidt because I was whining to him about it. So he uh, Brian says that he knows guys that go out of their way to throw their chatterbaits on mono because it's quieter than flora. Mm-hmm. Mm. Quieter? Interesting, right? Mm. Yeah, it is. Softer, more supple coming through the grass. I love that. Word. Some of the best chatterbait guys from around here, like our local group, a couple of my buddies who are really good with the chatterbait, because that's I'm not, but they throw it on mono. They do. Yep. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, when it comes to ripping it out of the grass and, and freeing itself, like it, it's like a sponge when you throw mono. Supple. You know, it's, it's, it, yeah, it, it just gives so much. You gotta, but, um, yeah, kudos. Awesome yeah. job. And the kid wound up having uh, just under 19 pounds for the day after all that was said and done. Damn. On, Very cool. On the second, second day of the tournament. So and little I, and things, I did, man. It's the details to this that, like, that may, like, you look, you look at, you know, two rods with chatterbaits on that are very similar, but one of them's got a different line diameter, a different type of line, and a slightly different weight on the bait, and it can make all the difference in the freaking yeah. world. It really can, you know? Okay. It's like it just reinforces the fact of, like, if you're thinking that a small minor adjustment like that might be the difference for you to get an extra bite, you need to just go ahead and do it and not be lazy because, you know... Like you saw it firsthand, Pete. How how much that of an example that was? What what was like the ratio? How many bites was he getting compared to your one? wasn't good. It, I got none. <laughs> uh, Fifteen to none. Holy <laughs> crap! You know, and you still had a great day that day. You still came <laughs> in seventeen and a half or something. I I needed mental coaching. Shout out to the pike that finally ate that dude's bait and let you back in the game. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> can we interview the pike <laughs> is the pike available <laughs> hey hey i'll tell you too pete i don't know if you tried it there's a couple monos because i'm like you like that spongy feeling so i'm just gonna geek out a little bit i have found berkeley big game and p-line cxx the one with two x's it's a little stiffer like both both of those seem like they have less of that monotype feel and they react your bait reacts a little bit more you know it's a little bit more stiff i don't know if any of the guys on the board use any of that they're obviously cheap and affordable lines but uh those are uh it's not like you're straight up mono out of the box so, yep. so that might help in that kind of situation just geeking out i don't know yeah. for sure uh, no i love it and you know i learned it's it's amazing you just keep learning in this sport, but I, I recognize that mono can be an adjustment in this scenario. I recognize that even on a place like Lake Champlain, where I guarantee you that nobody had thrown a chatterbait in that spot for probably a month, you know, if ever, you know, that year, you know what I mean? It was just isolated. I had no fishing pressure. I didn't see any locals. Nobody in the tournament was fishing near me. How did you find it, Pete? Yeah. Let's go into that. Uh, the, you know, honestly, I was just, uh, I was just, here's, here's how I found it. I, I didn't really remember how I found it. So he asked me that question, but I was running and, uh, I, I saw grass in an area that I had run over a thousand times that I had never seen grass before. Okay. And, um, 
I just, I stopped and uh, the grass was lush milfoil where it hadn't existed in previous years. That's uh, awesome. And, and um, so honestly, I, I made it, I made a cast with this chatterbait and I caught a five and a half pounder at practice. Okay. And, uh, and I'm, you know, breaking five pounds at Champlain is mega. You know, that's magic. You yeah. know, that's, they, that's a special fish. Dude, it's almost like in practice, you're like, damn, yeah. couldn't this have just been a three and then the five and a half <laughs> bites tomorrow? Yeah. Well, Pete, so, you do that at Champlain. You've caught, that wasn't your first big bass award last weekend at Lake Champlain. Let's be honest. You've caught, you caught, you weighed in like a seven at Champlain, didn't you? Yeah, I had like a 615 there oh. one year. That, that fish was 150 years old. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> In no, all seriousness, that, that, how 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 old do you think that fish really was? Oh man, I couldn't guess, Rich, but I'm get well. My guess would be twenty. Yeah. You know, he had wrinkles on his cheeks. You know, <laughs> like like these old. Just he was so big, and I just yeah, that was crazy. But you know, I remember when I caught that fish. I remember the the, the day. And it was one of the unusual weather days that you might think would be associated with a catch like that. Yeah. It was wind blowing at 30 miles an hour and it was cloudy and it was just a nightmare to fish. And that is when those 20 year old fish are accessible. And, mm. you know, most people are on the bank in, in those conditions, you know, but those, those are the times, you know, when you can go out and get them. So, uh, yeah, that, that was that was a big catch. That was a long time ago, but uh, um, but it was great. You know, I went out, had a, a good finish. I had a, a solid, you know, uh, seventeen and a half pounds, and finished, you know, thirteenth in the tournament in the uh, Toyota Series. I really wanted to go for the win, uh, but I'm for you know, it was a uh, five ounce cut. Um, why are we having cuts? If there's no television, you know what, Pete, hold that thought. Let's bring Ken Duke into the show because I love this topic right here. And I think this is a good time to bring him in. What do you think? I do. Let's do it. Do it. Ken Duke coming in hot. I I failed to send him a text message warning him. So let's just see how it works out. There he is. (laughs) Always prepared. Always ready. The man, KD. Not to be Kevin. Kevin Duke. We. We have the great Ken Paul Duke set, uh, with us. Such a thrill. Such a thrill as always to be on the show. <laughs> great to have you, Ken. It's, it's super uh, great to have you. Appreci- always appreciate it when you're on the show. Yeah. And when stuff oh, guys, that I, I, like I just said, comes up, we have to get you to weigh in on. Well, I'm always excited to be on Bass U, and Bass U Live is, is a favorite of mine, as you guys know. So, it's a, it's a real treat. Thanks for having me. Ken, I you thought bet. you were going to wear your BTL hat tonight. <laughs> uh, well, I could. <laughs> I thought this might be more appropriate. It's all good, buddy. We love them over there. <laughs> I was I was wearing the BTL hat earlier today. What you guys get into? I was, I was on with uh, Mark this morning. Wow, we talked about, you know how it is on BTL. We talked about everything. Uh, he played a game called What If? Where he would ask me, "What if this? What if that?" Ooh. And uh, we just we just uh, ranged far and wide. Wow! What if Mark didn't bring up basketball on the show? That would be awesome. There was no basketball. There was no bowling. 
think we did reference golf, but only in comparison to professional bass fishing. Uh, so it was. It is uh, a good good comparison. We're it pretty is. much yeah, and it well. Uh, okay. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> but but we, uh, we we mostly stayed on the straight and narrow bass fishing, gentlemen, which is what uh, you know we're all so passionate about and what we all love. Yeah, yeah, he's he's killing it over there. Good stuff. He is, but so are you guys. I mean, uh, I can't tell you how many times I got stopped at the Bassmaster Classic and at ICAST with people telling me how much they love Bass U, how much they uh, that they've seen me on Bass U. People who don't know me in, in any other capacity except that I've been on Bass U. That's cool, man. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's very cool. cool. Very cool. Thank you. And, hey, it. well, we're we we love having you on the show, Ken. Appreciate you making time for us and. Uh, and uh, we were just talking about, like, uh, I missed the cut on the to Toyota series by a few ounces, like six ounces or something. And um, why are we having cuts if there's no television involved? You uh, know? Apparently somebody wants to shut down the stage and get back home early. But <laughs> I have never been a fan of cuts, you know? I think yeah. cuts are, are, the, are the nemesis of our sport for a couple of reasons. One... Uh, if you're representing sponsors, the more times you can walk across that stage, the more times you can engage with the crowd, the better off the angler is, the better off the sponsors are. Second, you know, we brag about how, how fan-friendly our sport is, but it's not. It's not fan-friendly at all because too often you're sending a big chunk of the field home after, after Friday and, and they, they want to get the autographs maybe of somebody who, uh, who got cut. Uh, you know, Rick Clunn did not have a great 2021 in the Elite Series. He did not make a lot of cuts. That meant Rick was on his way home on Saturday instead of standing around in the weigh-in line or, or in the sponsor booth signing autographs. That's just bad business. That's just stupid. <laughs> well, I agree. I agree in, 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 you know, from that capacity, but from the competition perspective, it's like, right. I'm especially on a Champlain where we're battling for ounces. It's yeah. anybody's tournament still. And, you know, 20th place yeah. is still capable of winning that tournament. Absolutely. Uh, well, you know, well, you know, if you're talking about a smallmouth tournament, guys, there, there are a couple of things that make a tournament volatile. One thing that makes a tournament tournament standings volatile is if you have really big fish. And honestly, guys, that really does not apply to any smallmouth tournament. Champlain, uh, though, is different, right? Champlain is different because you have some, some largemouth and things like that. But but if you're talking about a smallmouth tournament where a lot of these circuits end their season, uh, the ratio of, of a big fish to an average fish at a smallmouth tournament is less than two to one. In a largemouth tournament, the ratio between a big fish and the average fish is three or sometimes four to one. There's a big difference between what the average guys are catching and a guy who's out there and really catches a big fish. I'm not, as much as I love smallmouth bass, as much as I think it's important that we have tournaments on smallmouth waters, I don't like ending the season on smallmouth waters because the, the guy who wins is averaging four and a half. The guy who finishes 38 is averaging four, six. You know, it's just it's just so tight in there, and and I don't like that. I don't think that's a a, a great test of the best. Mm. That's interesting. That's an interesting perspective. Uh, 
you know, because I mean, you know, guys can still falter, right? And if you sure. if you're you have 20 guys that are battling for it that have that legitimately can have a pound or two better than of an exceptional day, they could they could still win that tournament. Uh, you're right though in the big fish states like Texas and Florida where guys can get that massive you know difference maker and um, and and come from nowhere and and do well. And Pete, the other thing is uh, the one thing you know. It, let's say you're you're leading on on a smallmouth body of water. The one thing you know about everybody else in the top ten, top twenty, whatever, they're all going to bring a limit to the scales. Every stinking one of them is going to bring a limit to the scales. So there's no opportunity for guys to stumble in that way. Uh, quite honestly, your best bet to overcome a significant des deficit in a smallmouth tournament is if you take uh, the plugs out of the guy's outboard. Because <laughs> if you can get to the scales, he, you're not going to pick up a lot of ground on him. Because the two, as I, as I was saying, the two things that really cause volatility in the standings are one, truly big fish, and number two, tougher fishing. Where not everybody's got a limit. Mm. Well, I can promise you there is no guarantee that if I happen to be doing well at this Lake Oneida tournament, that I will catch a limit on the last day. I promise you. I it hear is, you. It is up in the air. I'm rooting for you, my brother. You're you're an outstanding angler, uh, I'm and uh, you're you're going to get it done. I'm with you, Ken. I'm I'm a little I'm a little tired of the smallmouth. Everybody catches everything tournaments or. They're they're kind of played. I mean, I don't know. It's everybody's out there drop shot, and it's it's just, it's not as it's not very intriguing, honestly. But Brian, I do love the smallmouth tournament. And I think they're important, and and I just I just hate to see them, uh, like at the end of a, an elite season or something like that. That that is less enjoyable to me. Uh, but you know, smallmouth's a, a critical fish in the bass world, and and we need to find a way to to go after him. I love the places like Champlain, which you guys mentioned, where an angler has to make a, a really strategic decision as to what he's going after. Yes. Right. Yeah. And, you know, to, to make the definitive statement on, on the cuts, um, and this is, you know, this is key. I think very important statement. I love cuts when I'm in it, and I hate them when I'm not. <laughs> there you go. That's Pete it. with the definitive statement on cuts. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I, I don't think there should be cuts in in some of the lower tiered leagues when it's the working yeah. man's league. You know what I mean? Yeah. Guys, guys mm -hmm. make a lot of room in their schedule and their life, vacation mm -hmm. time with taking off from work to get up there, and then get cut. You know, in a, in a three day event. I don't know. Let them let them yeah. fish. It's I, more I think intriguing. They could do something like uh, a, a top thirty percent compete or top 50% compete, uh, do something like that. Of course, MPFL, they're like, man, we're not having cuts in our derby. So yeah, I was about um, to say, did they, did Ken, did you advise them or something? Cause like everything that he was talking about, it's like they, they built it, built that league around that. I'm, I'm a fan of a lot of what they're doing out there, JK. And I'll tell you what, if I were an open angler trying to qualify for the elites, and I wanted to show off to my sponsors and I wanted to show uh, what I'm going to bring to the table, especially since these weigh-ins are at a place like a Bass Pro Shops. If I didn't make the cut, 
I'd be inside that Bass Pro Shop, standing near my sponsor's products and talking them up. Mm, nice. I wonder if I've never seen anybody do that, but I think that's a smart thing to do. Yeah. Great sound, sound, uh, you know, aspiring pro advice from Ken D. Expect nothing less. I've seen well, a lot of aspiring pros. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, it is a, it's a fantastic sport. We all love it. Uh, but there is, uh, you know, making it in this sport requires, you know, something special doing and going and doing stuff like that would be exceptional. Yeah. And, and that's what it takes. You know, there are so many people in the sport as you guys know so well uh, who are willing to, to go to shows and work for free, who are uh, willing to work for product who are, are doing things that uh, you think are above and beyond, you got to look for other opportunities that are above and beyond. And I think that's, that's one, obviously. Um, if I were an elite guy, if I, were, if I had made it on some level, um, I would be looking for opportunities to stop the way to elite events and engage with crowds, uh, whether it be making an appearance at, at tackle shops or making an appearance at, at other places where anglers gather from sponsored by a, by a Toyota or a Chevrolet or something like that. Um, I think you got to look for extra ways to, uh, to excel. Yeah. And most guys are doing it through social and, uh, you know, they're doing some exceptional things in that regard. And, uh, and it's, it's still fascinating. It's a, it's fascinating stuff, but what, what I, you, you saw some pros recently and uh, we had an eye cast uh, happen. It was a unique eye cast. It wasn't attended uh, uh, or I don't know. I wasn't there. I was unable to attend this year for the first time in a decade or a dozen years or more. And, um, you know, tell us about eye cast this year, Mr. Duke. What, what's your impressions of this year's show? Uh, I thought it was a great show. I thought it was flat out, maybe in, in a lot of ways, I thought it was the best eye cast I've ever been to. And I know Justin was there and I hope he had a great experience. Uh, uh, I didn't get to spend much time with JK, unfortunately, uh, mm -hmm. because he's running around with a lot to do and I'm running around with a lot to do, but uh, I hate that I didn't get a chance to visit with him. I thought the attitude was spectacular. Usually when you go to iCast, as you guys know, there are a lot of people grousing about it. Ah, oh, man, I wish I didn't have to be here. You know, things are slow, blah, 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 blah. I heard none of that this year. Um, I, I heard nothing but from people who really wanted to be there. And attendance was down, but we knew attendance was going to be down because we knew that people from Canada and Asia and Europe were not going to be there because right. they either couldn't get here uh, or they couldn't get back home without spending significant time in quarantine. So we knew attendance was going to be down, but it was still pretty strong. You know, uh, in, a, in a healthy year, a non-pandemic year, we've gotten to where we're up at about 15,000 attendees at ICAST. Well, this year we had about 10,800, which I thought was spectacular given the, uh, the situation. Yeah, Ken, you know, the main feedback I got was people were, you know, just said it wasn't the same this year and it was, you know, because BTC and the Riz weren't there. Well, yeah, I mean, I, well, that was that, that was, was that was the biggest takeaway I got from it. And the Riz and Pete and yeah. our whole production crew. I I felt a little bit 
I don't know. It's just, it's different not having you guys there. You know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, I, I live in Georgia, so I only see those guys at those, those events and the rare, the rare, you know, other type of meeting or something like a shoot. But uh, it was different not having you guys there. I, I really hope that, you know, we can all get back there next yeah, well, year. You know, next year we're going to get the schedule. Everything's going to lay out. This is what the opens are, the Toyota series, <laughs> the classic, you know, the ICAST. And we're going to look it over, Pete, before you go, get, you know, getting froggy and making any decisions. We're going to work on it together as a team. <laughs> what's best for everybody, you know? You know what I'm saying there, boss? I didn't like I, half my time was wasted telling people why Pete wasn't there, why Ike wasn't there, why BTC and Riz weren't there. I had to have that answer down in like 20 seconds. Otherwise, I'd have to waste a ton of time. Feeling the love. <laughs> That's right. Well, uh, they we will be you. there. We will be there next year. Um, um, sad we missed it, but let's just redo yeah. iCast. Rich, can just... you set that up, Ken? Let's just do another iCast next month. Rich, cut that. I'm account. on it, Rich. I'm on it. Yeah, we'll have our own well, iCast. It'll just be it'll just be us five, but it'll take yeah. place at the lake on bass boats. No, it'll <laughs> it'll it'll be we cast instead of iCast, and it'll just be us casting. I'm I'm us in for fishing. that, but I'm also but I'm also going to Florida. Yep. Let's go to Ken's. Let's go to Ken's. Ken's. Place. I mean, you know, he's got all the you good guys. It'll be called KenCast. You guys Ken are cast. always welcome. And uh, I got plenty of water around here for us to fish. And, and hey, if the BU Live crowd is coming, I'll, I'll get us on some some places that uh, don't ordinarily see a hook. Okay? Sounds good. It'll be called We Can Cast 21. <laughs> <laughs> the dumber, the best, the better. Amen. Yeah. Amen. I don't, I don't want any bass that that's smart enough to swim in a straight line <laughs> that's where i'm at right now i would love to see some of those this week yeah right yeah but we got we got let's talk about uh let's talk about the bait that won everything because our boy helped design it mr ike and i got uh, we going some to back going there already guys Pete? i got some backstory there they are. Okay. Yeah, JK's got the gilly, the power bait gilly from Berkeley. And um, just a, a few little things that that even the folks on Bass U don't know, which is shocking, I realize. You think of the guys at Bass U, they know everything that's going on in this sport. They are so plugged in. It's like, it's ridiculous. But I may have a little bit of info that you guys don't have. Because back in May... I was invited by the pure fishing folks to come out to Spirit Lake, Iowa, as part of a, a little media gathering they had. And uh, the, the folks there, Mark Kempker and John Schlosser and Kim Hoffman, who had uh, the, the marketing effort there, they are super smart people. And they were kind enough to ask for, for my whatever I might offer them in terms of, of the new product showcase, which is sponsored by Fishing Tackle Retailer, by the way. Uh, but also about winning awards because winning awards is important to a lot of companies. Sure. And, and they were showing me the, the lineup of baits they planned on, on entering. And I hate to say it, but I don't think they were originally planning on entering the Gilly. Mm. What? Yeah. That's you, true. They, they came out with like 20 baits, Pete. Like they had so much to choose from. Like I'd say Berkeley won ICAST in terms of just sheer volume alone of quality baits they're adding to the market, like tons of line, their whole line of jigs. I'll get all that, get to all that later, but 
Keep going. I have Keep... never seen Pure Fishing come with a stronger lineup than they did mm -hmm. this year. They never. Wanna... I mean, they've got jigs yeah. that have power bait infused in the skirts. They've got the Stunna, which wins the Bassmaster Classic. Um, they've got, and it wasn't even entered in the new product showcase in mm -hmm. Best Hard Lure. They went with the jigs instead. Uh, an incredible lineup of stuff. And of course, the, the Power Bait Gilly wins the category of Best Freshwater Soft Bait, uh, which is fantastic. It's a, it's a killer lure. I saw that thing in the tank at Spirit Lake first and was blown away by it. So impressed. And I was telling all the folks from Pure Fishing, from Mark Sexton and Keith Ostrom, Kim Hoffman, the marketing people, Gary Klein, and so on. And, and I was dazzled by the way that bait performs in the water. Yep. And I was thrilled to see that it was entered in the showcase. Then it wins best freshwater soft bait. Yep. And, and now it's in all the 30 category winners are then put in for a, a balloting on what's going to be overall best of show. And gentlemen, in the nearly 20-year history of ICAST, a fishing lure has never won overall best of show, not even one time. Wow. And, and the gilly won. And, and I'll, I'll make an ugly confession. I got to have lunch with some of the, the marketing folks from Pure Fishing that very day. And they said, what do you think our chances are? And I said, well, you got nine winners. They won nine out of 30 categories. Uh, I said, I think you're going to divide up a lot of the vote. People are going to look at all that and they're going to say, wow, that's a lot of pure fishing. And maybe they'll go. And I honestly thought that another fantastic product was going to win the Humminbird Mega Live unit. But the Gilly one, I was blown away. It was very cool to see a, a, a lure win iCast. Yeah. Very cool. And a lure, you know, a lot of those categories in the past, Ken, you know, some of them have been fun baits, which is great, right? As tournament heads, sometimes we kind of be like, ah, that gum spider again, or ah, the duck, you know, but like at the end of the day, you know, for, for fun, that's great that those companies are adding those baits to the market. But what, what Berkeley did here was basically, you know, give us a bait that will catch fish and they won the award with a bait that will legitimately catch them you know jk you're you're not only much kinder than i am you're also <laughs> far more diplomatic than i've ever been and it's going to serve you well my friend you're young you're going to go far uh, those those baits were gimmicky gimmicky, were gimmicky. yeah they a were a lot of those a lot of those baits that won yeah. uh were in the bargain bin within six months hey the some of the best going to be around ever got was with that duck and ike in a swimming pool after after icast was over on a friday night <laughs> we had a lot of fun with that duck it, it but it's so cool that a bait actually that, that as you say is going to catch a lot of fish and that i think is going to be a huge hit in the marketplace to watch it win was was also very special mm -hmm. uh, because you know especially in 2021 pure fishing did not make any junk Everything they came to the game with uh, were, is going to work. What do you think is What do you think is special? How did How were they able to do it with Gilly, like the first lure to ever win? What 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 did they do that was That was exceptional? They were really really smart with their marketing. Like I was mentioning, I was mentioning some of the 
the the folks there, Kim Hoffman, um, Mark Kempker, John Schlosser, they they came with a, a serious game plan. Oh, their their marketing firm, their PR firm, which is Gunpowder PR, led by Ryan Chuckle and Josh Ward, they had a game plan. They uh, they had a press conference, and I, I saw JK at the press conference before the show opened uh-huh. to introduce the media to what was going on there, to introduce the media to these products before they walked into the new product showcase to vote. Timing mm-hmm. is everything. And then when, when they won the votes, they, they kept their foot on the gas pedal, Pete. They kept kicking out the press releases. They kept kicking out the email blasts. They said, hey, we'd appreciate your support in, in voting on, on best overall. And, and they also tried to funnel the support. You know, they had nine winners when you count Abu, you count, uh, you, you count uh, Fraybill, Plano, the brands they picked up recently. That means they had a lot of different brands out there, but all under the pure fishing umbrella. And they tried to funnel that vote to the ghillie, which is right. unprecedented. You know, companies haven't been smart enough, savvy enough, whatever, to do that in the past. But but they funneled all that attention to the ghillie, and lo and behold, they win. Yeah, I, I, I think, well, that's exceptional. But the, I think the name is brilliant. Yeah, it's catchy. It's fun. Uh, it's a really, really cool name. Yeah, it's and, just uh, a it's a bait that's actually going to work. Unlike unlike yeah. you know previous years yep. winners, it's it's actually unlike the spider monkey lure. Yeah, it's not a complete mockery of bass fishing. And it's a definitely a better Thanks. name than than the Billy's piece of crap crankbait, which I thought was an awkward name. <laughs> yeah, Did that, that is kind of weird. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. It's no, a ghillie, but we're not kidding. <laughs> Yeah, but hey, I got to give that. But you know, talking about names, you got to give credit to another winner in best freshwater hard lure, which was the Strike King Chick Magnet. Mm-hmm. Gotta like that. Um, yeah, yeah, that was a good name. That, strong, that's kinda, strong presence. I kind of wanted to address that, Ken. Like you know, as I continue to, you know me, I'm a fish head of just it doesn't turn off. You know, got a couple people watching. Uh, you guys know who you are out there that are just like that, where it's just you're constantly paying attention. And now I'm starting to see within the industry, you're constantly seeing what companies are doing, right? Like they understand, like if they're going to be a company that's going to have all these SKUs and all of these types of lures, if you have a competitor come in and absolutely wipe up with a category and that being a plastic style flat side crankbait that pure fishing hit a home run with the front side uh ott and rapala come out with the og slim hit a home run with it they both companies you know of course strike king's trying to get a piece there and it's not just striking it's it's all of them like i feel like i was gonna say this with my top 10 with the baits there there's a lot of quality baits i'm not hating on the baits it's just the fact that hey i think companies are seeing where they're lacking and it's it's a safer decision to be like well let's let's invest there so that we know we're going to get sales there we know the bait's going to work we got the right pro staff we're going to get the right action you know that chick magnet's going to work you know to me it reminded me of an og slim with strike king eyes okay (laughs) but but at the end of the day like i'm not hating on that it just gives us more options because as you know right now in the industry it's just hard to get like, I don't even have the OG Slims I want, the colors I want yet, you know? Like, I'm having to get some custom painted just to have what I want. 
but that's just the state we're in right now. So we're happy to see companies with solid reputations add, add things to the marketplace. But that's what impresses me all the more with the Gilly. They took a shape that was not proven in the U.S., right? Ike got, was inspired from the Japanese with that shape, with that style. They made improvements. They did their own colors with Berkeley, you know, Powerbait, whatever. Like, they, they attacked this market for the first time with that shape. You know, a lot of their other lures that they announced, there's already, there's categories. You know, they're fitting them in these different categories, and, you know, they're trying to get better within those categories, and they did a great job. But, you know, it takes something to say, hey, in a time like this, we're going to invest money to produce this type of, uh, of, of a skew because it's unknown, right? It's unknown in the U.S. how that's going to sell. And hats off to Berkeley, you know. I, I'm, I'm happy for their success uh, with this one. And for Mike. Mike was behind a lot of it and really, really happy for our boy there to do something that nobody's done in that. Yeah, that. true. Obviously, Ike is the is one of the driving forces behind this bait. He's the guy who was key in designing it. But you talk about them being willing to invest in production. That really is, has just happened, JK. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if, if the Gilly had not done well in the show and had not gotten interest from media uh, and had not won mm -hmm. an award, maybe they don't roll it out in big numbers. They're going to roll sure. it out in big numbers, obviously, now because yeah. they've seen the kind of interest it's gotten. But that's one thing maybe that, that a lot of your audience doesn't realize, and that is that just because you see a product at ICAST does not mean it will ever go into production. Yeah, it may that's, never that's see the light of day. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, most of them do, especially if they've gone through the vetting process that, that Pure Fishing has, you know, where, where it goes through a lot of hands, a lot of eyeballs see it, a lot of testing. Uh, by the time they they show something at iCast, it's pretty well going to happen. But but I've seen many products at iCast, which uh, I thought oh, that might be pretty good, and and it never gets made. Well, it it was a great win, great win by all, and uh, you know, congrats to Ike and Berkeley for uh, for winning winning the whole thing. I look forward to making a few casts with it. Uh, well, I think you're going to make more than a few, uh, but I, I would worry. I think JK has already contacted the U.S. Postal Service and had all of your mail rerouted to Georgia. So in case you get any. <laughs> I've, I've already got enough. I have my ways and That's I awesome. already have. And I love it. Uh, I'm going to geek out about, about it for a second, Pete. So just bear with me. Wide gap hook is the preferred way to do this, Right. So you, you rig it like this, okay? Your wide gap hook down. And now I'm going to tell everybody the hook I'm getting. It's from Japan. We don't have it, right? It's a wide gap hook, but instead of the flat eye, like coming out like this, it's in line. It's vertical. That's what the Japanese are doing with this. They have a wide gap hook that is really not on the market here in the U.S. So I went and bought some from Japan. Um, and the reason for that is I think trip. you're going to – I think you're going to get even better action. But anyways, you take a wide gap hook and you rig it through the side right here, right? Just weedless, you know, and you tuck it in. But when you swim it, that hook is sticking out to the side, but it swims straight up. You're reeling that thing in. Like, can you imagine swimming that thing through pads near the top of the water just like that? But then when you pause it, the weight of the hook makes it fall flat. And it's got this tail to help help it you know glide 
You know, it's it kind of gives you that kind of poob action on the fall. Like, there's ways you're going to be able to rig this and make it spiral. There's going to be ways to make it like do like more of a slow sloping fall, and that's just with that one rigging technique. I think we all saw Iconelli's promotion leading up to ICAST. He did like a ten different ways to rig this thing. Per there's day. a lot of things to do. Ten, ten posts per day. Yeah, and <laughs> BTC, like, you're no stranger to this shape, right? I don't know if you want to talk about it, but well, I mean, like, I got one bait out of a yeah. clear plastic bag when they were in demo mode, so I, I haven't got the chance to mess with it too much, but it's pretty awesome, pretty wild. Well, yeah, I was talking about just the, the shape family or whatever. Oh, you're talking you know? about, yeah, like throwing a bellows gill type bait. Yeah. 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 That's, still, that's still that shape that's not here. That in profile. The US. Yeah. Yeah. Broad, a broad profile. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. I've had, I've had a lot of fun with that. Mm -hmm. Yes, you have. Bellows gill. Yep. You tried to keep it quiet for too long, BTC. Ken, <laughs> we got, uh, we got some Bash you subscribers here that, that got to get some info from you. Um, I want to, I want to throw one in at you. Um, Epic Eric on the message board, and he's going to get himself a Gills Gear gift card for this, by the way. Uh, he wants to know from what you saw, and you know what, you too, JK, what you saw at iCast, what product would be the ultimate product you saw that's going to solve a problem for a bass head? What, what did you see that's going to ultimately make somebody's day easier out there on the water and solve a problem in their fishing? Wow. Why does Epic Eric hate me and ask tough questions? <laughs> um, He's the ultimate bass head, just like you. I, I think that, uh, yeah, I, I, I got to admit to you guys, I see iCast in a different way mm -hmm. now that I work for Fishing Tackle Retailer rather than the way I worked at Bass. When I worked at Bass, I looked down and I could see all the new gear and stuff. When I go now in my capacity as editor of Fishing Tackle Retailer, I'm usually talking to people about their business. And that's a very different way. So I didn't get to see as much in terms of new products as I wanted to. What is going to solve a, a problem for people? I saw a lot of really cool stuff. And, and the ghillie was certainly one of them. That's JK, you were talking about different ways you're going to apply it in the tube ball. I'm going to pitch that thing into holes in the weeds and, and holes in the lily pads, like you say. And I'm going to let it fall. And then I'm going to crank it out slowly. It's going to, it's going to be a new approach that those mm -hmm. fish haven't seen in the pad. So maybe that solves a problem in some element. Um, I saw the Humminbird new Mega Live units, which won Best Electronics. Kudos, by the way, to our friend Jeff Kolosinski at Humminbird. Hello. And Joe Brown and Kathy Dutton and Adam Knowles and the people there and the designers and engineers. They've just won their 10th out of 11 uh, electronics awards at ICAST. Wow. Which is outrageous. Absolutely That's outrageous. And, and one of the things they, they said to me early on before they, they launched Mega Live was they said, you know, we know we're third to the game after Garmin and Lawrence. Uh, we cannot afford to be worst to the game. And, and I think that uh, they're going to have a, a great product there that's going to solve problems for a lot of folks. But, you know, the Garmin stuff and the Lawrence stuff is spectacular too. So uh, the folks who are loyal to the Humminbird brand they're going to love Mega Live. Um, those are some of the big things I saw that are, are really going to solve some problems. And let me go, let me go off the hardcore fishing stuff and talk about something other than rod, reel, line, and lure. Let me talk about Aftco for just a moment. Aftco swept 
the four apparel categories, which is technical apparel and lifestyle apparel for men and women. I approach my day of fishing now so differently than I did 10 years ago. I don't use sunscreen. I hated sunscreen. Uh, th I think about that as solving a problem for me. You know, it gets in your eyes, it's greasy, it messes with your grip on the rod and reel. AFCO has solved that problem for me. Uh, other companies are doing great things in that area too, but but AFCO is, is is definitely one of those companies like Hook and Gill and others that are that are helping to lead the way. So they're solving a problem uh, for me that I see. And, and I'm not trying to dodge your question, but that's I see a lot of companies trying to solve minor problems like that. That's yeah, great. I, that's yeah, great. That's great stuff. I, I got I got a few for you at E and the other people that care about this. Uh, first off, I would give it to right back there at Johnson Outdoors, but I'm gonna go different. I'm not I'm not Ooh, gonna I talk know where about you're going. I like the this. five bank charger, the yep. first five bank battery charger by Minkota. And it's now optimized for lithiums. So now, you know, a lot of guys are having new, you know, an extra house battery in this new configuration and running. I mean, gosh, Patrick Walters, like when you, you saw his seminar, he and Buddy Gross are both running like five units. So they're running extra batteries, you know, harnesses. Like that's all the big thing. But like, what about the charger? Well, now we've got it. We've got the Minkota five bank battery charger optimized for lithium still works for your lead acid and your uh, AGM batteries. And I think that's a huge uh, addition. And honestly, the first of its kind, as far as I'm aware, I have not seen anybody else uh, come to market with that. So back uh, kudos again to Johnson Outdoors and Minkota and their team there. Um, and now e, I think we're going to get to a couple of the problems like you know, like, so here's a problem when they're, when you want to swim jig and, you know, we know there's, you go finesse when they're on small bait or when it's bluebird and clear out, but they still want to come up at that thing, but you need you, you, all the swim jigs out there, when you go finesse, they got that light wire hook. And some of us who still want to keep braid, even if we have to dumb it down to 30 or 40, like we we still want a hook that will pulverize them, right? And not bend out. And right now, all the hooks are like that until our friends at Missile Jigs and Ike involved with this again, gave us a miniature swim jig with a stout, a stout hook that I think you can use on 30 to 40 pound braid. I have one, I don't have it on me. Um, I actually somehow might've left that in Keith Carson's boat at ICAST, but I was swimming it through grass I mean, they got it right on the swim jig. Absolutely right. Um, just just gives you that, solves the problem of getting that small profile that you need or when there's pressured fish. Um, and I was testing it out with their new mini D chunk, which I think they came out to go on the mini flip, but it works on that swim jig pretty, pretty nicely as well. Also, first swim jig that I've ever seen use the color bone a hard bait color now in a jig It's the first bone wow. colored skirted bait that I've ever seen. I've never seen a chatterbait or, and he nailed it, right? John Cruz and, and Ike, they nailed it with this color. Um, I can't wait to have about 10 of them in my box and I can't wait for them to, you know, everybody knows that I like to fish in the fall, 
like to fish when fish are it's tough they're on smaller bait and any trick that i can add to my arsenal to catch them on smaller bait um i want to have and that leads me to the z-man mini max sorry ken i know you're trying to put in but that yeah. mini max was huge you know it, it you got a shorter it's still a stout hook but for what pete was saying i pete i can't remember if you were saying this off off the air or not but the the smallmouth they love coming up out of chatterbait smallmouth love chatterbaits just like spotted bass what's the big pain point there they got small mouths a jackhammer that everybody's throwing has got a five-aught hook some custom chatterbaits have the uh, four-aught hook you'll have a four-aught and a five-aught well guys guys have been making chatterbaits with two-aught three-aught hooks for quite a while now with this smaller profile i know terry scroggins really wasn't wanting to talk about it but uh, z-man did it and they gave it to us uh, for, and I'm, I'm, I think that solves a problem right there because it helps you be more efficient with a different species. You know, in my mind, I think that just that smaller profiles, shorter, shorter stout hook solves that issue. Is, is that, is that in between size wise, or is it, is it the, is it the mini size with a stouter hook or is it actually bigger than the mini size? I would say if it's bigger, like it, to me, it's got like a same size head, like the mini, yeah. they're like the, like the micro, I guess is what you're talking about, right? The eighth yeah. and the quarter, like they had a micro chatterbait and I guess they did have a mini with like a quarter. This gets you your half ounce weights and your three eighths ounce weights. So you've got the weight there that you want that you can use you with your regular bait casting gear, but the hook's shorter and that profile's more compact. Does that make sense? Is that, well, because they had the micro and then they had the regular chatterbait. They're, that in-between size has always been missing. And um, I've been waiting for that in-between size to get made. And yeah. um, I wonder maybe maybe this is it. I don't know. Yeah, you need, you're going to need to add that to the arsenal, Pete. Like, yeah, I, I know once you see it, you're going to see the problem that it will solve. And then another thing, um, I got to go tour our friend's booth at uh, – gills uh gear and they are coming out with a very impressive line of new just you know they're innovative we we've talked about the stuff that they do the breathability on their shirts and they're they're coming out with a lot of stuff that looks good they're coming out with a foul weather suit that answers probably every pain point of every other foul weather suit i'm very excited to see how it performs um, I'm, I'm very excited to, to do it cause I'm going to try it out. Uh, but another shout out to our buddy tiger, the guy literally put in the, Ooh. in the, uh, the hoodie, they got a hoodie fleece hoodie thing. He literally put a Copenhagen patch in the, <laughs> in the, in the pouch there. And they literally like, they literally pouch. it off like it's <laughs> cause he knows how many guys dip. I thought I thought that was funny, but again, another solving a problem. You got Rich's guys. attention. He just <laughs> I did. I heard that. <laughs> hey, well, great, great recap, guys, and uh, and I'm I'm going to let you guys continue talk iCast. Uh, I'm going to crash out the Oneida tournament. My last day of practice is tomorrow. I have some preparations to do, and uh, I got to get one more day. I'm off the water at twelve, so uh, I'm going to go. And um, I'm going to leave it to you, J.K. and Ken, in capable hands to continue talking about ICAST. 
and all the great new products out there. And E, what a great question. Thanks for that. So, yeah. uh, so thanks again, everybody. Have You're a great Pete night. Good luck, Pete. Good luck, Pete. Thank you. Good luck, Pete. I'll see you uh, next Tuesday night. Good night, awesome. everybody. Maybe I have a big blue trophy. Big blue oh, trophy. That'd be that's awesome. That's right. Come on, dope. All right. Let's go. Good night, everybody. You know, JK, you were talking about uh, Z-Man, and uh, they once again reinvented the chatterbait with the again. big blade now. Right. Uh, those guys impressed me so much. Daniel Nussbaum, Glenn Young, the pro staff they've assembled at, at, at Z-Man. Those guys don't make any junk at all. If Z-Man makes it, it'll catch them. And that impresses me tremendously. Yeah, and, and having worked with Thrift for the last four to five years, seeing him frequently being in his boat like that big blade chatterbait has been put through the ringer for a while like they they made sure they got that right and i you know definitely was uh was waiting for it and i i got to throw it a couple times to feel it and they they got it right they they definitely got that right and it's going to be it's going to be a bait that catches them in muddy water and any time where a more aggressive thump and action's gonna gonna cause a reaction strike. So, you know, I'm excited to see where it, where it works. What do you got there, Ken? I got there a new thing from Spro. You know, Epic Eric was asking about who's made something that solved a problem. Well, Eric, this is kind of one of those things. This was this was here on my desk, and I was going to show it off if I had the opportunity. This is the new thing from Spro. It's called a flapping frog. You know, we, we all love our hollow body frogs and we walk them and, and so forth. We also love buzz frogs, you know, that create a disturbance. And this is this is going to do both. Yep. So it's it's a pretty cool little bait here. It's brand new to the show. Uh, it did not beat out the ghillie for best soft lure fresh water, but I'm, I'm looking forward to throwing this. And, yeah, and it's it, it's a good design. I Molex makes one. I threw it on Saturday to catch nothing, but it's a... Uh, <laughs> You know, but you know, par for the course know, over here. I want to know where where it shines. I actually pulled that Molex out in a BFL in some pads to try to be different and cover some water, and I got like two big ones come up on it, but I had issues hooking up. You uh, know, I, I didn't even have that. those issues, JK. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> they didn't come up. I, 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 I was able to avoid those issues. <laughs> I like that bait category though. You know what I'm saying? But I just, no problem. I got, I gotta, I gotta put it uh, through some more paces. You know, Work I thought right I had it down it. right around that. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I kept uh, them big ones away. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do we even want to do my list? I feel like I've covered like six or seven things. Oh, you've definitely, list. you've definitely covered a lot. I, I actually do have one more question that I want to bring in here for you guys. And it's going to kind of, it's going to kind of flip the script over. And since we have Ken Duke with us, I really, I really want to hear his thoughts on this. Uh, yes. Cause he's so, he's so intellectual on these, uh, on these types of things. Uh, Does that <laughs> superior brain? <laughs> yes. The, the, the brain of Ken Duke. Um, but so our, our very own shout out to uh, Stefan Walden as, and he calls himself the gingerbread man on the message board. He wants to know um, in years past uh, the, the best in show category seems to have been dominated by these more gimmicky type baits that, you know, have, have been more just to grab people's attention, right? With the ducks and the spiders. And I'm not saying that they don't catch things, but this year we saw 
a bait that, as you said, is actually going to put some fish in the boat. Is this a turning point for the best in show category of ICAST? Are we going to see a change of the guard where now it's not going to be dominated by, you know, the political opinion or the media opinion, whatever. It's going to be more geared towards what things are catching fish and truly making a difference for anglers. Uh, is this was this year kind of the 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 over the hill uh, year for that category? No. Ken, I'll let you go first, and then I'll give you my opinion. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm done. No. DC. No. Very short. <laughs> no. The is no. Uh, unfortunately, and I, I'll I'll elaborate if you want me to, but uh, but no, it's it's not it's not the beginning of a new era where the voters are going to take this more seriously. Uh, the problem is, gentlemen, is that that media is voting. I'm media, and I'm part of the problem. Except that same. That, yeah, uh, media wants to vote for a story and a spider or a duck or a bat or a, a great white shark with treble hooks in it is a story. It looks cool. So people vote for it. Uh, what a what a, the other voters at ICAST are buyers, retail and wholesale buyers. And naturally, they're going to gravitate toward and vote for the things they think they can sell. And and the ghillie is something they can look at and see that they're going to be able to sell. Right. Very easily. You can tell that it's an actual fish catching bait. Absolutely. And, and, and that's the problem is the media has the opportunity to vote at ICAST. It needs to be taken away. I don't know that that's going to happen anytime soon. Right. Because I believe that, uh, that the folks who control that are, are of the opinion that if you take away the media vote, media won't show up. I think that's not true. That's not true at all. Yeah, media Nobody's is showing, showing up because they can more vote. More than the right to vote. You show me a media person who's showing up to just to vote. I'll, I'll show you somebody who has the I'm IQ telling you right now, Ken. Me. I showed up for the buffet. There you go. And, and it was outstanding. But you know, so, so I'll, I'll, I agree with you, and I'll back that up. You know, I was I voted. Well, it was 2019 since I've been there because COVID, and and this year we won't talk about that. But <laughs> COVID and, and, and poor decisions. Yeah, <laughs> COVID and bad decisions. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I was there and I was given the opportunity to vote on things that are outside of my, my realm and I got no business voting on. I got the ability to vote on saltwater stuff. I don't know what the heck I'm looking at. You know, no offense. I, I know a little bit about it, but not enough to, to. So and that goes all the way around fly fishing, the, the whole deal. And I was there and watched other guys, you know, and I saw them commenting on stuff that's completely ridiculous because they don't bass fish. Oh, yeah. Look at it. Oh, get out of here with that. So, well, you know, that that's that you're bringing up an entirely other problem here, too, Brian, because, um, yeah, people vote in areas outside their expertise. Yes. And that's an issue. Yeah. Uh, I got no business voting on fly fishing in saltwater. But I have a big problem with the media, too, because you show me somebody in the media and I'll show you somebody who has or would appear to have a bias. Now, now yes, I, I would like to think that I have the integrity to vote for what I think is the best. And I try to do that on those occasions that I do vote. I don't always vote, but I think a lot of media people vote based on how many ad dollars are spent on their YouTube channel or their magazine or their radio show or their whatever it might be. And, and I think we got to do away with the appearance of impropriety 
And, and until we do that, these awards are not going to have the clout they should have, the legitimacy they should have, or the prestige they should have. And uh, I look forward to the day when we can do away with the media vote, which is making me very unpopular with the trade show committee, probably. But that's okay. I'm already not very keeping popular. Keeping it real. Got to keep it real, uh, bro. Yeah. Well, I, I let's still, do it the right way. Yeah. And I, I, you know, obviously I've been in this, what, four or five ICAST now where I actually had a vote uh, and participated. And, you know, the, the, the you got to understand, I guess, where people, uh, what they're looking for. And like you, you say a story and I might, you know, you call it diplomatic, but like I say, maybe they're relating to more of the fun fishermen rather than the tournament fishermen or, 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 or just somebody to just go and have something that makes them keep casting it because it just looks cool on the water, you know? And I feel like some of those baits have won in the past and somehow some way Berkeley was able to bridge both those uh gaps like that gilly looks fun to anybody to throw it looks just like a bluegill they've got your live colors like your your those computer image colors whatever they're doing so they've got the exact colors and then they've got you know proven fish catching colors like this one oh my gosh that thing is going to catch them um but like they they it's almost like for the first time both of those things collided to where you had the bait that looked fun, but it wasn't a gimmick. This thing's got fish catching proven You're action. Exactly right, JK. The the baits, the gimmicky baits that have won in the past have all been real eye catchers. You know, the spider, the duck, the bat. They they get your attention immediately because you've never seen a lure like it. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about a lure that is probably caught or a lure type at least. It has probably caught more bass over the last 25 years than any other, and that is the stickworm, the Senko. Uh, one of the all-time great bait designs has absolutely no chance of winning at ICAST because it is the most boring-looking lure it of all time. It set fishing back 25 years, Ken. I, I it swear, just, it the, Senko, the Senko set it back 25 years. I know, I know you're this, the Pete's no longer on the show, BTC, so you can ease up. <laughs> <laughs> anybody can catch them now doesn't matter no, go ahead. but you know that that's a bait that that's wildly successful mm -hmm. but has no chance of winning anything at icast and and that's a shame because uh you know to a great degree guys if, if we think about it some of the most simple looking stuff is the most successful when you're talking about what you're going to catch fish on yeah sometimes but less it's is not going to win icast it's not going to win icast um and that's too bad but but yeah, I think uh, I think JK nailed it there. The the gilly is that that perfect combination of you look at it and you say, oh, this is going to catch him, and you, and the guy who's looking for something a little gimmicky that'll make a good photo for his story, like a spider or a bat or a duck, and and it converged, and boom, we've got a winner. Plus, yeah. and this is a big plus, and maybe maybe the overriding plus here is the uh, the marketing effort and the uh, force that pure fishing was able to put behind it that was yeah. that was no small factor in a a fishing lure winning the stars aligned for sure. yeah the stars aligned for sure and 
you know, Ike's involvement in it and, you know, being the leading edge of that. I, I hope they throw a party or something. I've texted them and stuff, but I have, I mean, dude, that is a, that is a lifetime achievement. I mean, he's, he's entered how many, how many things, I mean, he probably had six or seven entries this year, but you know, he's always involved with bringing equipment, tackle gear baits to the market and to be the first one to win best overall in show. I mean, you could say what you want about the award, but like at the end of the day with this one, I think that's such a huge achievement. Like I hope they throw a dang party or something. Well, I want to say two things about that. One is, you know, you'll, you'll run into a lot of people on the show floor at ICAST who didn't win an award and they'll, they'll blow it off. Say, ah, oh, those awards don't mean anything. Well, mm. A, if you don't believe the award means anything, you're right. But it probably means that, that you you or your company don't have the marketing savvy or budget or ability to get behind that winner and make the most of the experience. Okay. If you're a company like Pure Fishing, if you're a company like uh, Johnson Outdoors with Minn Kota, Humminbird, and you do have the great marketing and you do have a budget and you do know what you're doing, then you can take that award and knock it out of the park. Second thing I want to tell you guys, this is, this is more of this high, high level behind the scenes insider stuff that, that I like to bring to Bass to you live. Um, <laughs> the, the pure fishing folks were, were kind enough to, uh, to uh, unnecessarily thank me for some of whatever help or advice I was able to give them in this process. And maybe they were joking, but they told me they would let me uh, pick a name, a color of the ghillie. So, uh, I can't decide whether I want to pick a really great color and call it, you know, KD, or I want to pick the worst color I can imagine and, and name it the BTC. So, <laughs> yeah, what color? What color would it be? Just, just brown. You know what I mean? Brown. <laughs> brown with some highlights of mustard yellow. Yeah, brown nose called straight cast. <laughs> He'd probably catch oh, it too. Oh, that's a joke. Knock it off. BTC, I would, I would, I would never do the bad color to you, my friend. Never <laughs> in a million years would I do that to you. Nah, it's KD. I like it. I mean, Brian Thrift named the named the crankbait after you. Heck, we're giving it away tonight. Yeah, giving we it away to me. Yeah. <laughs> I would tell <laughs> Brian, I, I would not even give that away. I would speaking of that, it. speaking of that giveaway, um, we have. We were going to go with a uh, a trivia question, and Ken, I don't want to put you on the spot, but uh -oh. um, do you have uh, some kind of iCast related question you could throw out for for our people here um, while we have you on the show, or while we have you on the sure. spot? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you want it right now, Riz? Yeah. You want it right this second? Yeah, you, if you have it, go ahead and just you know text us over, text Brian over the answer uh, for the question. All right. And, uh, I will uh, I will text Brian right now yeah. with the answer. I don't think this is going to be a very tough one, unfortunately. But uh, BTC, did you just get that? Nope. You are so yep. you are so quick. It's unbelievable, Ken. I got it. Okay. Okay. Uh, there's All a company. Right. There's a there's a company at ICAST 2021 who just won their eleventh uh, straight award okay. in, in this in their category what's the company okay mm. so the question what's is the... 11 straight iCast awards mm -hmm. okay what's the company 
and and uh, you got you're gonna have a winner really quick. But uh, BTC, that's the answer. We got it. We got well. We got the answer. We don't have the winner yet. Really? Okay. It's already it's already lasted longer. Well, than there's I a delay, Ken. Yeah. Okay. Little, little bit of a delay, but you. I mean, you know how our guys are, Ken. They uh, they they're usually pretty quick. But I am seeing a lot of answers coming through. That's not the answer that uh, we're looking for, Ken. So excellent. give yourself a pat on the back. You might you might be onto something here. Patting myself on the back there, J.K. You should. You got you got a virtual pat from me, buddy. <laughs> I haven't sent you the answer yet. Do you know? I'm um, chewing on it, and I don't think I know it, but I think I have a competitive guess. I bet you do. Um, there's the answer, my friend. It's a good one. I'll be honest when I get it. I'll be honest to tell you if I if I had it. All right. Some uh, good comments on on uh, YouTube tonight, by the way. <laughs> Guys, I did not awesome have. It. Ooh, I we got a winner! Got, got a, a winner. winner! It came in. It actually took a little longer wow. than I I, I would have <laughs> thought, but um, our guy Wild Bill comes in, Mister Bill Wasman, with the correct answer of Costa Del Mar. Costa yeah. has eleven yeah. straight. Ken Costa has won eleven straight uh, best eyewear awards at iCast which is uh wildly impressive of course mm-hmm. uh our buddy colo and uh joe brown kathy dutton tim price the team over at uh hummingbird is almost there in electronics believe it or not which is unbelievable that's pretty amazing they've done 10 of 11 True. um yeah they were they were defeated by uh, garmin when garmin introduced live scope um yeah. That was that was good stuff, Wild Bill. Shout out to Wild Bill. Didn't he win a tournament this weekend? Not not sure, but it, it would not surprise me. He's uh he's definitely quite involved in the in the local tournament scene. I, I thought I saw Wild Bill one and shout out to Riz, a couple of club dubs or something this weekend too, right? That didn't get talked about. So I had a uh I had a win in an open well, it was a small, you know, open just, you know, a jackpot derny turby on the uh on the Delaware River, fished nice. with uh, fished with my good buddy Jim Valentine, and shout out to Jim because he he managed Indeed. to keep uh, keep me mentally stable uh, <laughs> at about nine a.m. after I broke off four of my first five bites and uh, <laughs> broke a net in half, <laughs> broke a net in half, broke a day box compartment on the boat, and spiked a flambo box into the floor of the boat, which did not break. So shout out to Flambo. Really good storage, really good storage products. And it could take a beating. Yeah, and it can really, really take a beating. But, yeah, so so at about 9 a.m., Jim and I had uh, collectively about 10 bites and three fish in the boat. Um, and anybody that knows the Delaware River knows that that can be a stingy fishery. And with the end of the outgoing tide at around 9 o'clock uh, at 9 a.m., let's just say things weren't going uh, so well, but... You know, we kind of kept ourselves in there. Um, Jim put Never a key get- fish, put a key fish in the boat for us to get us to four. A few minutes later, I I got a fifth and uh, proceeded to catch uh, three three pounders on the Delaware on an incoming tide, um, which is not the ideal tide out there. And uh, we managed to uh, to get the win. And I see on the board here. Here, <laughs> shout out to Levante Brewing. Uh, I see on the board here, Wild Bill. He did get the win on Manasquan. Uh, that would be a five alive. 
That would be a five live open. Uh, that's a good is, dirt. That's a good win. That's a great win for I Wild Bill. Uh, that's a that's a club that we we support uh, for the Bash University. So it's great to see one of our subscribers getting a win out there. Um, and it's then very on, competitive too. It is. It's a really really competitive club. Uh, but back to me. <laughs> Congratulations there, yeah. <laughs> Wild Bill. Congrats, congrats, Wild Bill, uh, on wow. a great derby. Um, and then I managed to get a win on Sunday as well in a club tournament with my old man on a on a DOD ponds down there in South. How, how, what did what, you catch? We had we had three bass <laughs> for almost nine pounds. So oh nine? Yeah. Oh the big ones, but yeah, yeah, well you know yeah because the Thursday right. night are five for five and a half yeah. one club dubs. That's like twenty something in the last year and a half. You get so many club dubs, they're gonna kick you out of the club. Bro. It's it might might be the case, but. <laughs> Shout out to Wild Bill, Bash you subscriber for a big win, and uh, we also have a, a like and share going out tonight, guys. We're gonna be we're gonna be pulling that here in just a few minutes. So if you haven't shared tonight's feed, now's a great time to do it. Uh, but before we before we wrap this thing up, Ken, what's next for you? What uh what kind of adventures do you have going on? Where are you fishing next? What's going on in your world? Guys, I don't know when I'm gonna get to go fishing next, but uh, I do have a uh, media junket I'll be going on. In less than a month, I'll be going into Wisconsin to fish some of the upper Mississippi with uh, a, a variety of different brands, including Gamakatsu Spro, Big Bite, Gill, um, Denali. Really looking forward to that trip. Um, a lot of a good pro staff, just a, a good time and a, a cool part of the country. So I'm really looking forward to that. Very good. Ken, how's the podcast coming along there, boss? Yeah, that should be a good trip for me up to Wisconsin. It's been a while since <laughs> I've been to Wisconsin to go fishing. Wisconsin uh, sounds nice this time of year. <laughs> hey, BTC come is, on, is Ken. properly giving me a hard time. Come on, BTC, man. BTC, if, if you keep giving me a hard time, I'm going to pick that that pink with purple polka dots uh, color. That's going to be Brian's color. <laughs> That's fine. Hey, before we wrap up, I've got like three more things that I'll just touch on really quick. Go ahead, dude. Take your time. We covered like six night. or seven yeah. of what was on my list from ICAST, but there's a couple things that Brian, I think you'd be, you'd notice about you or you perk your ears up about this one, but G rat who makes the glide baits, right? Just that G dash rat, I guess right. is the company. And they, they came out with, they got the, the skinny Pete and the something other Pete really? glide bait. They came out with a Papa Pete glide bait that's 10 inches long. And I talked to a couple people in the know, but like that thing is catching giants out on the West Coast right now. Giants. What's different Nobody about it? Went, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's just like the same G Rat bait that it's just 10 inches long. It's just bigger. Hmm. But I, I just had one conversation with somebody who probably wishes to remain nameless, but. Did they, they did they enter talking. did they enter Chip. that in iCast at all, JK? It was at iCast. That's where I saw it. Like I got to hold one. See, that's the that's the innovative stuff, man. What's going on with some of them guys and they just Yeah. Because they're so small. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and then it's shout out to our boys at Cashin. They finally, I think, have finally got us some really good swim bait rods. Like they came out, they debuted swim bait rods a seven eleven, but they also did a seven eight. That I'm really excited about because it that seven eight is going to be perfect for more of like that 
you know, the smaller glide type stuff or like okay. a six or seven inch softy. Yeah. Um, but they definitely came out with a seven eleven that's going to be able to handle, you know, those the, those heavier things. Well, what's too, a seven eight like? Is it very parabolic or stiff with a tip? I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna quote an expert who's not related to Cashin who picked it up and saw it, and he probably doesn't want me to drop his name, but you know him and you'd you'd respect him. He said that they got that one right. The seven eight. Like they got it. They got it right. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And that's that I'm I'm really excited about that one. It's got the right tip. It's gonna, you know, load right and I'm re- I'm ready to put that one through the paces for sure. I had a um, conversation with um uh uh Kevin Brightwell from from KGB and he has mm-hmm. some rods coming out. Uh, I think they announced that. Mm. Well, anyhow. Um <laughs> but he definitely talked about like a very parabolic rod and there's none out there like that. And, uh, you know, I know Rich has been using some real parabolic rods for a lot of his techniques and it's, it's different. You have to learn a whole new way to cast, Yeah. With, you know, but, um, yeah, I'll be interested to check out the caching rods for sure. Yep. And, and then we're going to get bright well on here real soon, man. Do a glide. Back oh, heck. That'd be an awesome conversation, man. For real. And, um, the last couple things, and this the second one. I'm gonna I'm gonna go right to you, Ken, because you're gonna have more experience with that. But the first one is my favorite topwater, which I hate to have even ever given that away, but I think it's so popular now it doesn't matter. The Evergreen Shower Blows came out with a seventy-seven point seven, so that's a really tiny bait. Um, they, they have the 105, which was their small one, still having three hooks on it, but this one had two hooks. Um, and it's going to be that really tiny bait in the, uh, you know, whenever fish are getting on that tiny bait and stuff, I'm really excited. Cause that, that fish, that's a fish catcher in all three different sizes. And now they have a fourth, which I think is pretty awesome. Um, and then we, uh, it'd be hard to talk about ICAST. If, uh, what's your signaling, Brian? Nothing. Keep going, bud. All right. It'd be hard to talk about ICAST if, uh, you didn't talk about pork being back. Uncle Josh was like on the scene, you know, it's like they're bringing back pork. What do you know about all that, Ken? I was shocked a few years ago when Uncle Josh stopped putting out pork rind and and it's exciting to have it back you know a number of companies in recent years have tried to to come up with something that's synthetic that they said was was going to be as good as pork and less messy and so forth but um i i didn't think any of it was as good as as the old uncle josh stuff we had or the pedigo stuff we had back in the day uh i think it's really interesting they're back i hope that the lull the the dip the time when we didn't have pork available to us uh, is not going to be too much to overcome. It, well, I, I got to know about this because I, I never, I, I never, I, I wasn't fishing straight up when pork was like a big thing. And in something you just said there really stuck out to me. Just say it, and, Rich, and you don't a, get it. No, no, no. I, I could see, I can understand why the, why pork would be effective, but was messiness really the, issue i mean f- we're talking fishermen we're who, who we're grabbing fish we're we're we're, <laughs> we're in the hands we're outside we're in the water was messiness the problem 
No, messiness was not the problem, Riz. The problem was supply, was getting the stuff, was getting the, the, the materials, the, the fatty pork back that is what that stuff is made of. Now, a lot of guys, I, well, I shouldn't say a lot of guys, some guys were making their own pork rind. They were going to butcher shops and buying the, the fat back area or whatever it is it comes from, and they were curing it and, and, and so forth, and they were doing uh, dyeing it uh, and making it themselves. But, but A, that is a messy process. That's right. a tedious process. Very involved. And so forth. Yeah, very involved. Uh, but messiness, where the messiness comes in is the jars the pork rind came in. Uh, you know, if you, let up, if you didn't use the stuff up pretty quickly, they'd rust shut on you. They'd leak. They were, they were messy. It was, it was tedious. Right. Uh, you, you get the stuff on there. A lot of guys like to squirt a little, uh, a little scent inside their, the, their jars of pork. So it'd be messy. You, you have to reach in with your fingers. There's simply no way to put it on the hook except to handle it. It was a messy process, but the stuff is incredibly durable and, uh, and effective. And it could be effective, you know, but that's, but the soft plastics have come so far in the last 20 years that I'm not sure whether or not pork can make a comeback at this point, because for, for half a generation now, it's been basically unavailable. Right. So can you, can you resurrect it? What was the most, uh, all right. So, so help me understand this why was pork so popular when it was around and if plastics have come to the point where they're just as good why are people gaga over the fact that pork is coming back because like we did a social post on this uncle josh's pork and it went right. crazy you know so like if if plastic is just as good and you know what 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 what's 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 really going on with it why was it why what's what's the hype about well, the Uncle Josh company came around, I want to say, in the 1920s. I want to say they launched it in 1921 in Wisconsin. When Pete first started fishing. Right, right. Pete, got Pete, it. Yeah, yeah, he just Pete, texted me. He, he concurs. Pete qualified for his first classic in 1921. That's right. And uh, 50 years before the event started. Um, but He was late but to that. Too. Remember, you got to. this is something that, nobody on the panel not even an old guy like me can remember but remember when when uncle josh launched in 1921 or 22 no. there was no soft plastic so it didn't have anything to compete with uh soft plastic didn't come along until 1949 really and it didn't mm. become popular until the late 50s uh early 60s that's when the texas rig developed and people started really seeing an application for soft plastic uh soft plastic chunks didn't really become a thing until the 80s believe it or not um and and that's when soft plastic started to compete but the soft plastics weren't good and a jig is traditionally was at that time at least considered a colder water bait it was and the soft plastics back then didn't do well in cold water they weren't as pliable so gradually as the soft plastics got better and because the soft plastics had gave you a lot more color selection a lot more color options than pork did uh, the soft plastics eventually eclipsed pork, which has traditionally been that polka dotted frog look or black or maybe chartreuse. There were not a lot of pork colors available. And, and gradually, they soft plastics took over. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, and, you know, so for us, it was always pork was always the option for cold water. You know, the first jig trailers we were using was the you know uh, the Fat Albert Twin Tail. Zoom Fat Albert Twin Tail or, or a, um, you know, a uh, Guido Bug or uh, a Zoom Chunk. Big Salty. Yeah. yeah Zoom no. Big Salty. Yeah. Uh, but, but Riz, oh, look at me. Not... <laughs> <laughs> big Claw. Air Claw. Big Claw. Who was that? River Riverside? Riverside made a big Riverside, claw. Riverside, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they're not around anymore. But, you know, so it was, it was a crawl trailer or, or the Twin Tail when you wanted action. And when it was cold, went went pork. Yeah. You know, and, and and Riz, if you if you were using pork on your jig or something like that, and you made a long run, your pork was basically no good when you got there because it had dried out. You just got to keep it. You you leave enough line where the pork drug in the water. Yeah. You know I mean? Okay. It, it, yeah, it would come back to life too. You know. Yeah, it would come back to life. Yeah. And and uh, it's like using Berkeley gold. Real interesting. Yep. And, and if you want to try the ultimate traditional hardcore quintessential pork you go with a black uncle josh number 11 okay yeah on the back of a black and blue jig the hank parker pro pork was better though who was that ken what's that the hank parker pro pork i don't know man i don't even remember that one Uh, maybe i made it up (laughs) well pedigo made pork (laughs) Here's here's a bit of truth. I'm sure you didn't make it up, man. You just know stuff I don't know. Yeah, but uh, the Bagley company started as a, a pork rind company, not as a, a hard bait company. They oh. started making pork. That was what they did. Okay. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. A, a, a jar of Bagley's pork rinds is uh, uh, quite a big deal at an antique tackle show there, JK. <laughs> I bet. I want to tell you about one other thing I saw at ICAST that was so cool. And uh, I sent uh, JK, I sent you a couple of pictures. I sent Brian a couple of pictures uh, of a, a man with a couple of absolutely enormous bass. None of those bass weighs less than 15 pounds, by the way. Uh, I ran into uh, what's that? Two in one day. Yeah. I, I ran into uh, my friend Dan Cadota at ICAST. And and Dan, in the 80s, late 80s and early 90s, when the chase for the world record bass was really at its peak, he was the very best of the guys chasing the record. He was the oh. very best of the guys who were catching enormous fish in Southern California. He still has a line class world record. I think it's eight pound test. I might be wrong. It might be 10, but I think it's eight pound test, 19.04 pounds. And, oh, uh, my gosh. Yeah, Danny was at ICAST because he started a new rod company called Semper Fish. Dude, and, you were uh, talking to those people when I came by one time. Sorry yeah. about that, man. I'm no, sorry. I hate that I missed you're you. You're a popular man at ICAST. No, no, no. I'm I'm just uh, irritating and, and I don't leave people alone. But uh, Danny is <laughs> the guy who caught all those giants. Then he's got a new rod company. If you guys are ever looking for uh, a cool show on truly gigantic fish, uh, the only guy who's caught more, I, I joke, I say, the only guy who's caught more giants than uh, Dan Cadota is Mike Long. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, Mike Long didn't really catch any, so. Dude, I would love, BTC, I'd love to get a trope, like a bona fide trophy hunter in, where, like, they don't care about tournaments, they don't care about anything but catching teeners, you know. That's every swim bait guy, too. 
Yeah. They just but they just bait. want to catch it on a swim bait. They want to catch it on a swim bait, yeah. but like there are guys out west who they'll use different things besides a swim bait. Like sure. I mean, in the wintertime, there's a lot of jigged fishing that happens that catches teeners out out west still. Yeah. You know? Um, but uh yeah, that would be that would be really cool, Ken. No doubt. But anyway, yeah. Dan Kenoda is one of a kind, a, a great storyteller, a really nice guy, and got his own rod company now. So he's going to be making a splash in, in that area very soon. Um, you know, the the California Giants are are largely gone now. J.K. I recently did a story, and uh, doing that story, I had a chance to interview uh, the California fisheries biologist, and I asked him. I said, "Is there a twenty pounder in California?" And they agreed there is not. And that's kind of sad. Uh, a lot of the stocking, a lot of the trout stocking programs have gone away. And that was what was raising these fish and making them 20 pounds, 18, 20 pounds. Uh, Bill Simontel calls the rainbow trout they stock, he calls them vitamin T. Uh, right. It's a great nickname for them. But those giants are, are no more out there. Well, and that might be true for the Southern California guys, I guess. I know that there are some of the lakes up a little bit further north in the state, and I get that there's, well, you got a little bit colder temperatures, I guess, throughout the year. But um, I, I know guys who think that the lakes with kokanee salmon, you right. know, naturally that that you know have a good population of kokanees, have have world record not just spots but smallmouth and largemouth swimming. Um, I've heard stories of, of some fish at, uh, probably some lakes I shouldn't name because those guys probably don't want those stories being public, but that there's guys that are pretty confident that there's some 20 pounders swimming in some of those lakes, but they're not like the Southern trout stocking lakes that you're talking about. You right. know, Cetus, Castaic, that's where Danny Cadota mm -hmm. dominated in that period. Right. I hope the guys in Northern California are right. I, I would love to see. California challenged the record again. It's been a long time yeah, since happened. anybody's caught a bona fide 20 in California. We actually got that shot, Ken. That was caught, Ken. When's the, last, when's the last 20 that was caught in this country? Oh, JK asking the tough questions. Bear with me a moment, gentlemen. I will get you that information. But <laughs> uh, the last legit 20... It wasn't Dottie when she was foul hooked at 25, was it? Well, that well, that that uh, that was certainly. Mm. Man, that soured everything. Well, it did. It did sour everything, and it, it's it's horrible that it did sour everything. But the last 20 in the states. Why do they get I, so big in California? Well, they, it it's it's a few things. And, and let's go to them. <laughs> Jed Dickerson, of course, caught Dottie when Dottie wasn't foul hooked in 2003. Right. Um, but yeah, if you're talking a legit 20, Dottie was the last one put in the boat. Um, wow. In 2006, my friend George Coniglio caught a 19.7 out of Mission Viejo, which is a private, basically a subdivision lake, a big yeah. subdivision lake, a nice subdivision lake. Mm -hmm but a subdivision lake. Rich people. Um, uh, Fritz Friebel in, in 1923 caught a 20-pound, two-ouncer right here in Florida. Um, but that's not the last, luckily. 
it's been a long time since there's been a legit 20 caught fair and square. A wow. lot. Here's a, here's that pick. I'm going to put it up on the screen. Okay, cool. Like that. It's the one where he's double fisting. What, what what's he got there, Ken? Two fish. <laughs> he's got a couple over 15. Wow. A couple stains. <laughs> Absolute mega, 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 megas. Yeah. The, the pictures I was able to send you guys are not even his best. Really? They're, they're not even his best fish. Uh, but you might want to have him on and, and talk with him sometime. I, I think your audience might, might get a kick out of Danny's stories. He's yeah, a super don't, don't nice give, guy. Like I said earlier, Ken, there's a lot of, a lot of vultures out there. Don't give too much out in the air. <laughs> He'll be sucked up on like 12 other podcasts before I get, get a hold of him. I'll keep him exclusive to Bass U. How about yeah. that? Yeah. If anybody's interested, his name was Ron Watts. Ron, Ronnie you Watts. Watts. You can find him at ronwatts.com. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but no, it's, uh, yeah, I'm fascinated by, by gigantic bass. Yeah. And uh, it's one of the reasons I love living in Florida is because I think, while I don't think we have 20 pounders in Florida, we got a lot of, of teen fish here. And, uh, and they're, that's the great thing about Florida. You never know. Every time you set the hook, you don't know if it's 10 inches or 10 pounds, but you we don't have that problem here, Ken. <laughs> I never have that worry. I'm never worried about that. <laughs> we so don't have see, that kind of how, stress up here. I don't know how long I've been trying to get you to come down here, but uh, you know, yeah. you, you know, you're, you're welcome. Now this is not the best time to catch a 10. Uh, the best time would be say January, February, yes. March, but uh, okay. you, you got to get down here. I'm coming, dude. The hell with this jk riz it applies to all you guys Me you always first. have a standing invitation i'm first. coming back it's gonna happen yeah you got to you just got to but uh yeah fascinated by giant fish for sure and i'm i'm getting to shiner fishing guys i'm not i'm not proud ken i'm in dude <laughs> live bait <laughs> live bait uh, golden shiners yeah I hey for for anybody who's listening out there in your audience, I'm sure there's a lot of folks who, anybody who wants to send me a, a, a DRT Clash 9 in Golden Shiner, I would be happy to accept it. <laughs> I don't know if I've got Golden Shiner or the Carp. I've got one of those two, Ken. Do you? you? Uh, I don't know. If you got Golden Shiner, man, I've got like a silverish one. I'll trade yeah. you. Have you thrown it, uh, Ken? I've thrown it a little bit. But it's still in excellent shape. You figured Almost out how to use it? it. I'm sorry. You figure out how to use it? I wouldn't say I'm. I wouldn't say I'm any sort of great master at throwing that thing. That has that but, has a uh, technique to it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'd like to get Byron Childers on sometime VTC because the guy figured that out, and I don't want to like. I like. I know how he's told me that that he's figured it out, but he's like the big swim bait master now. Like I'd, I'd rather him tell the world than than me do the hearsay thing but there's just too many seven and eight pounders that have entered his boat on that lure yeah this year yep. you know and that golden shiner pattern guys if you haven't seen the golden shiner pattern it looks more like a golden shiner than any other bait i can think of mm. it's but, scary but, but ken i'm with you on the live bait thing yeah man <laughs> we, we don't need a clash nine if we got a a nine or ten inch golden shiner yeah. <laughs> when you got a live nine yeah. live nine there you go riz i like that live, <laughs> live nine 
a Bloody Mary, <laughs> a comfortable seat, and some shade. I'm in. Uh, you guys, are, you guys will be fishing with a freaking umbrella over the top of the boat. I'm fishing with an umbrella <laughs> attached to my hat. A Bloody Mary, a live Spinny. shiner. That's vacation. I'm tired, man. Come down. If you get tired of drowning shiners with me, BTC, we'll nope. get you in the boat with Lee Sisson. How, do you, how can you beat that? Yeah. As long as there's shade. I can't <laughs> promise shade. Well, shade it was hot today out there on, on a roof, and I'm tired. <laughs> BTC's tired. Oh, man. It's yeah, let's, let's just off the rails. We're talking about live bait. I, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. We do have a Facebook hey, like and share winner, by the way. <laughs> Come on, yeah. what's what, there's nothing illegal about live bait. Nothing no, illegal. you're right. There, you're right. There's not. And if you're looking to just Unless catch catch big fish, I mean, fun. Maybe I need some live bait seminars. You know, who's the best <laughs> in the game at that? Ken Duke, you're gonna teach the seminar. No, I'll tell you who's the best. I I actually know the guy who's probably a, the Roland best in the Martin. game. Roland's awfully good, but there's a, a guy here, a guide here in Florida, in Ocala, named Sean Rush. Ocala. Who in Ocala? Yeah, Hello, Ocala. Guys, come I, down. I, Ken, I grew up romping the uh, romping the, the the woods in Ocala National Forest. National I, I, Forest. I fished on Kerr Lake, not Virginia, North Carolina Kerr Lake, Kerr Lake in Ocala National Forest. That is awesome, Riz. Uh, I <laughs> was by your accent, Riz. What's that? <laughs> you can tell by my accent. Yeah, I can tell by your accent. Florida, yeah. Florida don't have an accent. I'm, I'm not sure I buy I buy the accent with Riz, but uh, that, is, that is fantastic, man. The Ocala National Forest has cranked out some tens through the years. Uh -huh. And uh, Robin Reservoir, shout yeah. out. There oh yeah, yeah, I know. Well, Sean Rush is the master of shiner fishing. He really is. He fishes out of like a 24 or 25 foot aluminum boat. Yeah, it's got uh, a hammock he, in it. <laughs> Tell me it's got a hammock. Uh, I, I bet Sean could set you up. Salt Springs, shout out. Let's go. There you go. All right, taking a, uh, a New Year's trip, BTC. I'm going to just go ahead and approve it yeah. for, for Pete, that you and me and Riz and Pete were coming down to Florida after New Year's. I'm Maybe we'll do a I'm special in. live show down there with Ken to yeah. give us the excuse to go uh, shiner fishing. <laughs> I got my excuse. I got a doctor's note. <laughs> that's awesome it's easy you know it's easy to say you'd rather catch it on live bait and i get that but uh but i'm i'm old enough now that i just want to catch it yeah heck yeah yeah i just want to catch it btc and i were talking earlier we both caught our pbs when we were way too young to fully appreciate them mm. uh, <laughs> peaked at a young age how, how young were you kd i was 12 when i caught a 12-4 and and BTC, you were probably thirteen. Whatever you are between eighth and ninth grade, thirteen, fourteen, thirteen, something like that. Fourteen, yeah, yeah about fourteen, right uh, before you're gonna go drive. On a purple fire tail culprit worm. Dang, and it was an eight pounder. Yeah. Yeah, we need to change that. It was an eight pound. It was eight pounds the day after. Spent the night in my mom's bathtub, but this was the age. I got place. mine. A little over seven years ago, so I would have been 27. So I guess I could appreciate it more. Yeah. But it, yeah, it, came out of a, it came out of like a 15-acre neighborhood lake with good depth and hydrilla in it. You know, <laughs> like it just 
12-2. I caught I lived I lived there for eleven months before we moved and I caught three over nine in that like while we lived there. And you allowed yourself to be moved? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She she was pregnant and uh Yeah. She uh she got her way with that one. It worked out in the end. Twelve two. Yeah, twelve two. She's she, that fish was a butterball, man. Made the you know the the one thing I grew up reading Bassmaster. You know that was my resource from an early age, and uh, getting in the the Lunker Club. Finally, getting in the Lunker Club was a really cool achievement. You know, I did it. I almost didn't do it. You know, because I'm like 27 and I'm fishing tournaments and yeah, you know whatever. But then I was like, you know what, my 10 year old self would be killing me. If I didn't submit this, good for so, you. Yeah, good for you. That, that's fantastic, J.K. You're gonna have you guys are gonna have plenty of chances to beat your personal best, but uh, I'd love to be in the boat with you when you do it. So let's make it happen. Heck, were, were you in the boat with Dondi when he caught that giant on that Bienville trip last time? I was. I was. Good of course, luck, BC. He's good luck. Exactly. So true. So true. That yeah, but fish- that was nowhere near the twelve that you've caught. Nowhere near that. It was wow. a really good fish, though. That was a 10-pounder. Yeah, I netted that fish. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I would I rather. exactly what it was caught on. I remember, you know, it was a, it was the Big Bite Tour Swim Worm and Red Bug, that new swim worm that, you know, is like eight inches long on an owner flashy swimmer. Yes, sir. The flashy swimmer is a great way to throw like a speed worm style or <laughs> worm. It's It's fantastic. It'll... It'll help distinguish you from the rest of the speed worms that are flying by. Yeah. Yeah. That's the first time I'd seen that combo. It was pretty cool. I, I got it from uh, one of the best, Cody Detweiler. Cody oh. showed that rig. Sorry, Cody. Sorry <laughs> for sharing. Oops. We're on a platform where we talk about everything. And yeah, but, <laughs> but once you once you tell Justin Kimmel, it's over. Yeah. Don't tell that. I won't be able to hire him anymore. <laughs> You should see some of the guys are ducking me at ICAST. Oh man, Kimmel, don't I don't want I don't want money. Don't hire me. Yeah. Thankfully that doesn't isn't how it goes, but I don't know anybody who doesn't want to see Justin Kimmel, but uh yeah, it's uh, when you give away the secrets, that that's uh that's touchy ground. Mm-hmm. That, that's what makes Bass U what it is. I mean, I I I'll watch and I can't believe what uh Brian Thrift tells us. I can't believe what Gerald Swindle tells us about buzz baits. It's uh, it's remarkable and really special, and it keeps me coming back all the time. Mm-hmm. And I've known these guys for years. They don't tell me that stuff. <laughs> on your channel there. Uh-huh. What do you think, BTC? Yeah. Wrap it up? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm about ready. Yeah, uh, somebody who's this one on angling on, on YouTube wants to know where Ken's located. Find your own Ken Duke there, one on angling. All right. That's like <laughs> yeah. A lot of guys chiming in. They saw you or just uh, watched you on BTL this morning. So Making the rounds. Respecting the, the work rounds. ethic um, of the mighty Ken Duke. And you've been on the podcast wave today. Yeah, about that. And Ken's hey, got hey, his BTC. own podcast in the works. That's um, my excuse, Brian, is I've been too busy doing other people's shows. Yeah. On my own. Uh, I live for, in answer to that, Paul's question. I, I live in the Orlando area. I'm just uh, just west of Disney in a little town called Davenport. Okay. Which is between the Kissimmee chain of lakes and the Winter Haven chain of lakes. So 
which is not a bad place to live, uh, Polk County, Florida. Between what again? Uh, between the Kissimmee chain, Toho, and the Winter Haven chain, what? which is a lot of smaller lakes. And uh, Polk County is where the state record was caught back in 1986. Uh, we have an amazing sheriff named Grady Judd, state once record. one of his deputies. I got to tell this Grady Judd story now that we're on Polk County. Sorry. Um, when uh, one of his deputies got killed and then his deputies caught up with, a, with the killer, they shot him 68 times. Ooh. He did not survive. No, when, uh, <laughs> didn't when make it at the press conference. Uh, a reporter asked Grady Shud, why did they shoot him 68 times? And he said they ran out of bullets. <laughs> <laughs> Polk County. Full hashtag. Make America Welcome Florida to Polk again. County. <laughs> <laughs> right, Ken? What's that? Make America Florida again. Make America Florida. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I live in the best. I, I live in. I'm, I, I consider myself privileged to live in Polk County, Florida. I love it. Good for you, man. It's awesome. I wish I could say the same. <laughs> Come on down, BTC. You can stay with me until you find you find your own place. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> oh my gosh. Nah, good good show tonight, man. Uh, shout out to all the guys on uh, YouTube, man. YouTube crowd's awesome. And tonight's Facebook like and share winner is a guy we know. Justin Jones, Captain Justin Captain Jones. Justin Jones. Justin Jones. Congratulations, Justin yeah. Jones. You're tonight's Facebook. Well, like. Justin Jones, I saw his comment earlier, has never thrown or caught a fish on a drop shot. That's awesome. He's also the, the mastermind behind uh, Silent Flip, right, yeah. JK? Silent Flip from Cortland Line. That was his idea. Cortland yeah, Braided Line. I think it's. There's, it? there's, a, there's something that solves a problem there, Epic E. Go try some Silent Flip. Epic E. Mm -hmm. That he asked the question about stuff, products that solve a problem yeah, earlier in the yep. show. The uh, glide bait guy from uh, that I've been hanging with up on on Naka Mixon, um, Keith. He's he. That's all he throws is silent flip, and he's throwing his uh, glide baits silent flip to a leader. Wow. Yeah, he just likes it. He likes it a lot better. Softer. Yeah. Softer, quieter. Yep. That's the deal there for sure. And a special shout out to Anthony Geist for murdering it over there in the comments section on YouTube. Good work, Ant. Appreciate you. Appreciate all your hard work. That's a wrap. All right. Sounds good. I'm good. Bash you live. Ken? Take Thank us out you to guys song, for having Ken. me. Appreciate it. Ken, you want to take us out to a song? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm no, you'll people would hate me if I sing. Are you talking about me singing? All right. I only do Dylan songs, acapella. Okay. All right. Thanks for watching, everybody. We'll see you again <laughs> next Tuesday night at 7 p.m. for a brand new Bass University Live. That's right. It's Mike Iaconelli. This is Bass UTV. Here's what's awesome about Bass UTV. You get the top instructors. You will learn things at Bass U that you will learn nowhere else and we help you build confidence with new techniques we take the mystery and the myths out of bass fishing real tools that help you catch more fish consistently at bass U tv shoes are optional and i like turtles we teach you to enjoy bass fishing and that's why you want to check out bass U tv join the bass U family welcome to bass U tv